was Dan Marino. Dan yeah. Marino is in my top five. Does not have the Super Bowl. Lost plenty of and big if he's, games. If he's not in somebody's top five, he should at least be number six or seven. Basically, how we're describing Breeze is hovering just outside. Yeah. But Breeze, tell me if you agree with this. As far as greatness, you know, because I think to be an all-time great and to be an elite quarterback in the NFL, you have to be great at something. You can't be a Baker Mayfield, for example, to where you can win all these big games, but you're not great at anything. You're good at a lot of things, but you have Very to Very good maximum. You, but you have to be great at something, in my opinion. What was Breeze great at? He's probably the most... Well, not probably. Statistically, he is the most accurate passer in NFL history. But com- compare him to other accurate passers. Like The one that keeps coming into my mind was Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner was one of the most accurate passers and throwers yeah. of the football I've ever seen in my life. And Breeze blows him out of the water. The issue with Breeze, though, that I have sometimes is as accurate as he was, and he is arguably the most accurate of all time, some of his decision-making in big moments... Sure. You know, is... At, be, Breeze should be top five, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, because he never got that second ring and because of how loaded that 09 team was. But you, you also look at it, and the reason why I would not get mad at someone for claiming Breeze to be a top five quarterback all oh, time. Oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't get mad at it. And, and the argument I could make for it is. Outside of what he had had the last four or five years in Michael Thomas, what other elite receivers did Breeze have? He had some very good receivers, but you look at Brady, he had Randy Moss. You look at Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, uh, Joe Montana had Jerry Rice. Marino had several Pro Bowl receivers on his team. Breeze overcame a lot, essentially, as far as lack there of weapons on offense, and then Someone brought up a very interesting stat on ESPN when they were diving into this. Breeze, out of the elite all-time quarterbacks, had statistically worse defenses throughout his entire career, and he was able to overcome that numerous times to many playoff runs. I think another thing that's holding him back from top five for me is I'm really big on MVPs. And Breeze never had an MVP. There was always somebody that was maybe half a step above him, like 2018 Patrick Mahomes, objectively speaking, had a better season. You know, um, 2016, you know, uh, Carson Wentz and Brady had slight, well, yeah, no, Carson Wentz and Brady had slightly better seasons. You know, it's just every time he should be, I, I still think he should have gotten it in 2009 over Peyton Manning. That's just my personal opinion. I would have put Peyton Manning third on my MVP list behind Breeze and Favre that year. But um, I, that, that's not to take away from his greatness. It's only, it only takes away from him being top five for me because MVPs, in my opinion, in certain instances, can be just as important as a Super Bowl ring. Well, for sure. Uh, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I think many people would argue Peyton Manning is one of the five greatest quarterbacks of all time because even though uh, he he won two Super Bowls and lost two Super Bowls, he has, what, three or four MVPs? Yeah. So, the, and it's the same thing with Elway. Elway lo- lost two Super Bowls and won two Super Bowls, 
but he has the countless MVPs. So yeah. I, I understand the what M- you're saying. The MVPs are kind of what kept Peyton Manning in that Brady-Peyton conversation back when it was actually a conversation before Peyton retired. Sure, and another point you, that you bring up about the MVPs, which I think is fair, another fair argument to why Breeze is not a top-five all-time there was never a time in Breeze's career where we went into a season being like, Breeze is the best quarterback in the league right now. He was always, for a while, was behind Brady and Manning. And then when Manning left, it was always he's behind Brady and Rodgers. Statistically speaking, in the way he played, the only time he was above that he could have gotten the MVP, in my opinion, was 2009. And he should have gotten it that year. Because you look at his numbers, he had a better season than Peyton Manning did. He had a much better season than Brady did in 09, but that's also a little bit biased because Brady was coming back from the injury in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, if anything, that was the year he should have gotten it, and I think the only reason Peyton got it that year was because the Colts were 14-2 and two and the Saints were 13-3. and three. Sure, and that's shown... They show a lot of bias as far as a record goes in the NFL, I think. I think... For example, the NBA. I think the NFL MVP is more meaningful than the NBA MVP because you look at it. For example, Russell Westbrook. He won an MVP. Uh, his team was, I think, it was the fourth or fifth seed in the Western Conference, but they gave him the MVP because that was the first time since the 1960s a player had averaged a triple double for this. I kind of still think Harden should have gotten it for sure, season, for but. sure. But that's a conversation for another day. But my point being is. They truly try to look more so in the NFL who is truly the most valuable player. And for an example, this year, it was down to a lot of people say Josh Allen should have been in the conversation for the MVP. He had a great year, but it it was down to Rodgers or Mahomes. They gave it to... Rodgers ultimately. Allen didn't get it because he had a more complete team than Rodgers did. Rodgers did a lot of that by himself. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you take perfect example a couple years ago when Rodgers went down with that broken collarbone and they put Brett Hundley in. Uh, Jordy Nelson was a Pro Bowl receiver with Aaron Rodgers. I think they still went either 7-9 and nine or 8-8. Eight and eight. I think I think they went eight and eight that season, but yeah, but that that's a significant the, the, drop off from having Rodgers on the team. The, they they were when he got injured though they were in a playoff race. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Brett Hundley lost them a bunch of games, but my point being, Jordy Nelson with Aaron Rodgers was a Pro Bowl receiver. You take him out of there, he wasn't doing anything. He was not doing a damn thing. So, I think. Point being, they the NFL MVP truly they try to give it to who is the most valuable player for that season. So yeah, you you know at the end of the day, MVPs truly do. I disagree make, with that stance on NBA versus NFL a little bit, but why is that? Um, I think that, like I said, just from what I've noticed, I think that NFL goes more on record than the NBA does. Whereas like Russell Westbrook, that. If a team like that had been the fifth seed in the NFL, there's no way that quarterback would have got an MVP. There's no way that linebacker would have got an MVP. But in the NBA, I feel like they tend to not be as biased as the NFL. Well, so I agree with that to a certain extent, but my point being, though, so they gave it to Russell Westbrook. How many MVPs should LeBron James have right now? That's a good point. Probably he should be 
a, a ten time MVP. <laughs> like let let's let's be real about yeah, that. Yeah, they would never do that in a sport though. I don't think they're gonna give like Brady or Peyton like ten MVPs in the NFL either. If that makes sense, yeah. but you know, it's like theoretically, yes, they could give it to LeBron every year, but the reason they don't is because at that point, it would just be unfair. It would be the Le- LeBron James Award, but we're getting a little carried away with that. But point being, I I tend to agree with your point about the MVPs, and as far as Drew Brees goes, he may not be a top five quarterback of all time. You and I both agree he's a top ten all time, and what he means to the game. Of football, you know, I, I don't think there's any question. Greatest free agent signing in NFL history, hands down. Uh, what he meant to that city after the catastrophe of Hurricane Katrina. Oh yeah, de- delivering a Super Bowl t- to that city. Uh, lived and breathed New Orleans. Uh, gave everything. Him to and that Sean city. Payton single-handedly turned that franchise around from being the ain'ts to something that people could be proud of yeah i mean they essentially were what we thought of the tampa bay buccaneers before brady got there right that was the saints they were a laughing stock and people or when the bucks got that defense you know um it's not the same thing but you know still a jolt and momentum but i look at um i look at what sean payton and breeze managed to do and, you know, I, I just think that what they managed to do with a team that was known in history as being that bad was just incredible. Um, you know, I think that Breeze in particular, people forget, like, when he was with the Chargers, people thought he was done after that injury that he got. And, and that's why the Dolphins didn't sign him. He didn't pass yeah. his physical... I mean, think about the story, it. The story goes with Miami and uh, New Orleans that he looked at both... And Sean Payton, when t- giving him a tour of New Orleans, actually took a wrong turn. So Breeze saw, like, kind of like beat-up houses from Katrina, a pickup truck in the middle of someone's living room. And Payton was just like, I just turned this dude right to Miami right now. And then Breeze was like, no, I see potential here. You know, I see something that can be flipped around and can be made, like, more of a happy city again after this catastrophe happened. And I'd rather do that than be in a city that's already well off. You know, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, he... he th- there's controversy, of course, what he, what he said last yes. offseason. Yes. And... I was very, 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 very disappointed with that, especially knowing that Malcolm Jenkins was going to be back on that team and how much he's done for the BLM movement. And it's just like, Breeze should have known better than to, like, even if he felt that way, I'd have an issue with it, but at least keep that to yourself and don't broadcast it throughout media. And, And I'm one of those people. I try not to get into politics, as you know, Matt, and I try not to bring politics into this show because... For a lot of people, it, it's a very touchy subject, and it brings a lot of sensitivity out of people. Not not to say sensitivity is a bad thing necessarily, but we live in a world today where I think it's almost looked down upon to share a different opinion than someone else. And I just think I'm pro. I'm very pro athlete. I love that the NBA players in the bubble last uh, last year 
They yeah. definitely get more freedom than NFL players do. Sure. And but. more exp- – well, let me put it this way, more expressive freedom. This year we saw the NFL have freedom when it came to COVID, and that didn't exactly work out too well. That's not the freedom I mean. I mean the freedom to express yourself, get your thoughts out. Yeah. Um, you know, that and, kind of thing. And somebody like LeBron could not do and say the things that he's been doing in a sport like the NFL, in my right. opinion – Without, like, he, he'll he get noticed, he'll get the attention of a Colin Kaepernick, but like Colin Kaepernick, I don't think that people would keep on trying to have him play if he said something like mm-hmm. that in the NFL, whereas the NBA is much more progressive thinking, and like I said, I'm not trying to get political, I'm just specifically, because I separate morals from politics, and I think... Aside from Breeze being a Republican, I do think it's ridiculous when we just shun Republicans as these evil people... Morally, what Bree said to me was incorrect. It had nothing to do with politics to me. Um, but, yeah, like, if he had said that in the NBA, he would have gotten in trouble. Whereas if LeBron was saying, it, it's the NFL is very backwards in terms of, like, how they feel players should express themselves versus the NBA, well, in my I, opinion. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the leadership. Adam Silver of the NBA is very much pro-player as he Absolutely. is, pro-owner, whereas Roger Goodell is very pro-owner because he looks at them, and he he's right, the owners are his bosses. Like The commissioner essentially works for the owners, but you have to think the, the players are what keeps your company going. You need to be as much pro-player as you are pro-owner, and I think... Up until recently, I think Roger Goodell has taken a very good leap forward as far as being an advocate of the players, but that's why... I, I still don't think he's a good, like, leader of the NFL. Though. Well, I mean, that's, that's... That's opinion, but, you know, it, that, that, I'm just putting my thoughts out there on him, you know. My, my point being, though, like... He that, has biases. That, that's the reason why I think the NBA is so much for letting the athlete have their platform. And I think it's important, especially this day and age, to allow the athlete, you know, people who say, you know, it shut up and dribble. or That's like, the dumbest thing I've it, ever heard in my it's life. It's super stupid. Like, it's your job. No. The vast majority of these players went to college and got a degree in something outside of sports in case sports didn't work out. So it's not like we're... I mean, some of them may not be the brightest knives in the drawer but you know the vast majority of players have college educations well, and it's not like they're just talking nonsense and and then there there's the type of person you know uh for example lebron james there were many people who at first him using the platform to speak out against racial injustice and yeah. uh inequality things like that they're like oh shut up you know like you have to deal with that it's just like it's not like he grew up an entitled rich kid. Like no. this guy, Akron, Ohio, is very, very, very blue collar. Well, 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 to put it politely, well, not only that, but his father wasn't in his life. He had a mother who worked two jobs to support him. He he basically grew up in poverty. So it's not like he has no idea what feeling. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So These point- are the same people that don't like hearing somebody like LeBron speak his mind, but when Breeze said what he said, they were like, oh, yeah, we love this. You know, yeah. it's it's very... But, but, but point being, we're getting a little off yeah, topic here, but point being, there was a lot of heat that Drew Breeze took for 
speaking out on that. And I don't want to... So, I'm, I'm very much pro-Brady. You know that, as far as football player goes. And I get a lot of heat for that because I also... I don't look down on Colin Kaepernick for what he did by any means because he was not disrespecting the flag. He <laughs> was he was peacefully peacefully protesting police brutality. That was his form. He was not doing it with the intention of I'm going to get on this knee to disrespect this flag. This yeah. was his point about it was I'm going to get the attention. I saw less I saw less controversy from Ray Rice decking his wife in the elevator fiance at that time in the elevator than I did it, from Kaepernick it, taking it, the knee. But but the point being that I'm trying to make is I also recognize that Brady is Republican and big uh, MAGA supporter and all that all that stuff. And wh- what I'm trying to get with that is I'm not a fan of Brady for his personal beliefs. I'm a fan of Brady, the, the player. football player. It's kind of like me with Michael Jordan. I'm a fan of the player. I'm not a fan of the person necessarily. Yeah, the Republicans buy sneakers too. That what he said there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And not really doing anything for Chicago realistically. I think that there's players that have maybe not as good as Jordan, but have done much more for like the community that they play in. And, and the, the reason I'm bringing up this point is, so on the Super Bowl, I shared a lot of Brady. I was celebrating Brady's victory and... Earlier that week, there was a Colin Kaepernick quote that I just, I've, I felt, you know what I mean? Like it was one of those posts where you're just like, oh, I feel this. I have to share this. And someone, I, it might not have been about me, but, you know, my ego tells me, oh, they're talking about me. I saw a girl post. I see a lot of gloating about Brady, yet they're showing support of Colin Kaepernick. That's a little backwards, don't you think? And it's just like, you know what, like... Why do we have to bring politics into everything? I'm a fan of football. I'm supporting Brady, the football player. I support Kaepernick, the person, and I guess the football. I'm a, I'm not a 49ers fan. I'm a Cardinals fan, so I hate the 49ers. But putting that aside, like, though, like, he was a great football player when he well, played. Well, yeah, but <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there, though. I I think we're we're in such a trying period right now in the world to where we have to put politics into everything. And I'm just, I'm a, like I said, I'm a fan of the player. I want to appreciate greatness. And what I'm doing right now for Drew Brees, like I, I don't want to think of that when I think of Drew Brees. You know what I mean? And he, he did his best. Like, props to him. He tried to make that right. You know what I mean? He, I, I tend to believe when he came out and said, you know, my, my words were taken out of context. I, I do support my black brothers, my teammates, all this stuff. And he did work to show that. You know what I mean? So I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because of how, how much good he has done. It could done. have been a Richie Incognito situation and not apologize. Mm-hmm. I do get that, but, you know. It's something where I might forgive him for it, but I'm not going to forget that he said it. You, you can't. You can't forget it. Just yeah. like... Uh, uh, Forgiving does not mean forgetting. Sure. Uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Michael Vick. Uh, Michael Vick did... I will never I, forget that he did that with dogs, and it took me a very long time to forgive him because I'm a dog lover myself. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know. But... Here's the thing about it. I can never forget that because I love dogs and that is one of the cruelest things a human being can do. 
But he paid his debt to society. He served his time. He's done countless of community service hours to the Humane Society. And even when he... And I've seen NFL players do a lot worse than what Michael Vick did and get off scot-free on it. So, you know, like Ray Hardy, for example. Point being, though, people can change. Yeah, of course. People can change and... Once his community service time was over, he still continued. This to is rare, it. but there's KK, there's former KKK members that have come out and said like, "I hate that I was a part of the KKK yeah. and it was disgusting." Yeah. So it, like I said, that that that's on more of the rare side of the spectrum, but it does happen. So it, it's know? it's just a testament to say if you're one of those people that cannot, I, I don't even want to say cannot because I, I, we can do anything we want to do. But if you refuse to give someone the opportunity to show that they've changed and they've bettered their life, I feel sorry for you because you're going to miss out on meeting and experiencing some very good people in your life. There's some people I've given too many chances like Kanye, but that's another story <laughs> for another day. But to, to wrap it up, we did get a little off topic here, but I just I do want to... Appreciate greatness as the player. It doesn't mean you have to appreciate the person necessarily, but appreciate but, what he's done as a player. And, and I do appreciate the person. Like I yeah. said, we, we all make mistakes. Uh, and I, think, I think as a person, I would dislike Brady a little bit more than Breeze because I think Breeze has actually made the effort to speak up and like admit, like, hey, I was wrong. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have done this. Yeah. Let me rephrase this better because this was an off-the-cuff question and I just came with whatever came to mind. Yeah. So, you know, that's not me defending what he said at all. Yeah, no. And I, I, I wouldn't do that. That's, that's his battle. All, yeah. I'm, all I'm saying is for me personally. He I'm, made the effort to make it up to his teammates. And let's be honest, the city of New Orleans is a very, very black city. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it'd be one thing if he said that in Wisconsin where people probably wouldn't give him heat for it. But because he said it in New Orleans, he didn't have a choice but to apologize you know, so I'm happy that he did it, and it seems like his players around him were able to forgive him. Malcolm Jenkins still went to the Saints. He didn't try to veto the trade or anything. And and they they seem to mesh very well together yeah. this this past season. So and they had played together before, so I'm sure that it might have been a little bit easier for Malcolm Jenkins to probably sit Breeze down and be like, "Dude, this is where you were wrong. You need to make your amends for this or whatever mm-hmm. have you." And he did that. So I. Before we move on, I just want to say, you know, th- there's going to be those times, you know, like when we have kids and we're wa- teaching them about the game of football, you know, even nieces, nephews, things like that. I-, I know I did with my aunt who got me into sports. I would always ask her and she'd always talk about Marino, uh, Elway, which is why I know so much about them. She taught me so much about them. And when my kids ask me, you know, who... The drive game. Yeah, who, who were your favorite players to watch when you were growing up? Who were the most impactful? Brady's going to always be number one. Probably Peyton, number two. I'm more of a defense guy myself. So. Well, I'm talking about quarterbacks. No, I know. I'm just and, saying and in then general. Breeze is going to be probably number three. Like, Breeze... In terms of our lifetime and our era, yes, yes. he's top five. Because we, we got to watch Breeze... Yeah. In his entire prime. It's like in our era, he's top five, but if we're taking the NFL as a whole, he is not. That's how I view it. Right. You know? Right. So. so moving on to free agency, uh, we've seen some very, very good moves and some very, very questionable moves. Uh, what we're going to do, I want to take it by conference 
or I'm sorry, not by conference, by division. And I, these are in no particular order. Each of the four teams in each division we're going to talk about. And I know you have some thoughts on this, so we are going to start with the AFC North. Of course we are. But I'm not... We're going to save the Ravens for last. Yep. We, I want to dive into the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, in my opinion... Have they've had, done the best. I, I hate to say it, but they've done the best in that division so they, far in free agency. They really, really have. So I still don't know if they're as good as the Ravens, just because it's like you got to prove it to me. But I think that's going to be a very that's going to be the rivalry to watch in the AFC. Just the the moves they made. So I think the, this past off season they went all in on offense. They uh, Kevin Stefanski basically told the front office. We need to know what we have in Baker Mayfield because the NFL has become so impatient. You, you know what I mean? Like, you need, it's a you-need-to-win-now type of league. So and, our, and their fans have been deprived for so long. That, that Steelers playoff win was the best thing to happen to Cleveland. That was their Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was insane. Because you know what's crazy? When Cincinnati went on their run... Um, from, I want to say, 2011 when they first got Dalton and A.J. Green to about 2015 when they blundered the Steelers' wild card game. Mm -hmm. The Browns just did in one season what the Bengals tried to do in five years and just couldn't get done. Five playoff appearances, zero wins. And the first time the Browns go back, they win a playoff game. And, I mean, I still think that had it not been for Mahomes getting hurt that the Chiefs would have blown them out, but... You know they they held their own against a team that was a little bit sh- that was a little bit injured. You know yeah. that I still think was better than them, but but here's where I'm at with this. So like I said, Stefanski went all in on offense. He needed to see what they have in Baker, and it shows. You can win plenty of games with Baker Mayfield as your quarterback. Uh, the thing now that we know though, and the numbers back it up. We have two straight years that show. Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback without Odell Beckham. He, yeah. He, he is. So they need to – I think they're going to try to move him, and they should. But the problem on that team – They're going to try to send him to Philly. Watch, wait, and see. I, that's that's my opinion. I think well, that's my prediction. The problem on that team, granted they had injuries, but they had very inconsistent secondary help. And what, what they did, they signed Troy Hill, cornerback – Malik Jackson, defensive tackle, and then John Johnson, the safety from the Rams, who had a very, very good season for them last year. They- I think the Browns know that they're going to be competing with, like, the Ravens-Steelers will always be the biggest rivalry in that division historically, but I think over the next several years it's going to be Ravens-Browns. Well, I, the the week one game was... Laughable. You, the Ravens absolutely destroyed. The, the Ravens Browns, but, have their number regardless. But, but of that that Monday night football game was probably the best football game I saw last year. Like I want to be biased and be like, oh, it was Buffalo, Arizona because of the hail. Mer-, but no, you can't. From, from start to you start to that. finish, two fourteen point leads, and the the you just we could not kill the Browns to save our lives, but we won. That was just that was the most fun game I saw all last and season. And I think a game like that is where rivalries start. We'll see. We will see, but I definitely think so far uh, in the offseason, the Browns have had the best uh, additions. 
And now moving on to the Steelers. So they oh, they yeah. have lost some key pieces. They lo- they're losing Bud Dupree. They they lost Matt F- uh, Filler, and then they just released Mike Hilton. And they haven't really added anyone noteworthy. I think that after the way they ended last season, they know that they're about to go into rebuilding mode. If not this year, then very very soon. You you have to because I mean I know they re-signed Juju to the one year deal. I'm not convinced Juju Smith-Schuster is a number one receiver. I don't I think, even know if he's a number two receiver. I, he, I think he's a number two receiver because... I'm he, also biased because I don't really like his attitude very much. But, but. When, when he was teammates with Antonio Brown, he had great seasons, but I'm convinced that the reason he had such great seasons is because look at all the times Antonio Brown was d- double-teamed. You know what I mean? You, you're at best having... Uh, the the uh, nickel corner or a safety on Juju. Like, that's a very favorable matchup for him. I'm not convinced Juju is a number one uh, wide wide receiver. And then their running backs are a mess right now. Their O-line... James Conner had the one good year, but he is not, like, their future running back. Yeah, no. So, I'm very disappointed in what they've done so far. I am... all things considered, I am a Roethlisberger fan. He's another one of those guys, top five quarterbacks of my lifetime, probably, probably at number five because there's Aaron Rodgers. But not top five statistically in the playoffs. But if we're talking strictly regular season, then I would agree with you. Yeah. So I don't know that they they have a lot of question marks, and another team with a lot of question marks is Ben. Might actually be a question mark right now. Oh, he's, he's a question mark. A huge question mark. Another team with question marks is the Bengals. The Bengals, they... Now, here's my thing with Cincinnati. I think they had a very good offseason in 2020 before prior to last season. They got a lot of really good additions. And I think that this is a team that shows potential to me to make some noise within the next... Well, well, jo- Joe Burrow was a lot better than what I thought he was going to be. Oh, at. yeah. His stats were great. He just couldn't win well, games. Well, 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 not only were his stats great, you watch him play how poised he looked in the pocket. Yeah. He didn't panic. He is he their did. franchise quarterback. They, they, they hit a home run on that. You can make the argument, of course, that Justin Herbert's better. He definitely had the better season because of playing all 16 games. But Joe, Burrow, Joe Burrow's not a bust. He can no. play. He and they got play. some other weapons on their team to where they can, like... They have question marks, but I don't think that they... I think the Steelers, within the next two years, will be the worst team in the AFC North. Unless they do a big turnaround, I agree with you, because... The only thing that would hold me back from, like, solidifying that and saying it, like, 1,000% is the fact that they have Mike Tomlin as the coach. They just they, they lost a lot of pieces. They lost Geno Atkins. They lost Carl Lawson. AJ Green is not a number one receiver anymore. He's going to Arizona as their number two receiver, which I think is a great fit for him at this point of his career. And then John Ross was just an absolute bust. Not only can he not catch a damn football, but he gets injured way too much. He's a speedster, but that's about it. Uh, they, they need another top quality receiver, which I think they'll draft one, and then they need another... A strong O lineman or two, which I think that's what they're going to aim for with their first pick in the draft. They have number five overall, and the two or three top O linemen in the draft, I think, are can't miss prospects. It's just which one's the best one. I don't think we can trust the Bengals to nail which one's the best one, but I don't think any of those top three are capable of being misses. Mm-hmm. 
And now I saved the one that I know you're most anxious to talk about, the Baltimore Ravens. So I don't know about (laughs) you, but I've been a little surprised by their lack of aggression. Uh, I think, and we've we've discussed this many times in the past, uh, the clear need for this team right now is a true number one wide receiver for Lamar. And I was pretty convinced that they were going to be pretty aggressive in trying to get one. And not only did they not do so, but they made it open and they openly stated, we're not going to go out and get one of these guys. It's just like, what are you guys thinking? Like, what, what do you think the plan is? Um, I think the plan more so is to beef up the offensive line for them, um, which I'm totally okay with. But like you, I still want them to get a wide receiver. It's not like they need an Antonio Brown or something like that. They just need like somebody like an Allen Robinson. Right. You know? and, and the one guy I'm super surprised that they didn't uh, go after was uh, Galladay. Kenny Galladay, yeah. he was available for a good chunk of the early part of free agency. And so they let go of Willie Sneed, which I wasn't too happy with. I, I was pretty surprised by that as well. Uh, I forgot who they let him go to, but um, or where he went, or if he's still a free agent. But I think yeah. he's I think he's still a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I mean, their only major addition that they made was they signed uh, Kevin Zeitler, but they've lost both Matthew Judon and Ningakwe, which, I mean, he made a couple good plays throughout his time in Baltimore, but he was I don't really think he was what they were hoping he would be when they traded for him. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's some question marks on what's going on. I mean, I know I'm his- definitely disappointed so far. Historically, they've drafted very well, so you know that they're going to be counting on these guys they draft. And, I mean, great. There's This is definitely another deep wide receiver uh, draft class. This is a, a deep offensive line draft Even class. Even though they stated that they're not going to go after one, I still think they will. They're, they're just not like... Well, but 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 here's, here's my thing, though. All the... Guys, you could have as a legitimate number one wide receiver, they're gone. Like, yeah. you you cannot count on Marquise Brown as your number one no, wide receiver. Cannot. He's not what they were hoping he'd be when I they think, drafted him. Like I said, I think they're focusing more on offensive line just to be able to protect Lamar more. But he has to have somebody to throw to. Well, other I, than Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. And and the thing about it is most of these Super Bowl teams that don't have Tom Brady as their starting quarterback. They have a wide receiver. Well, not uh, that not only do they have a wide receiver, but there's a pattern. They're beefing up their teams while their quarterbacks are on rookie contracts. The reason why Kansas City has the great talent that they have is they took advantage of Mahomes being on his rookie contract and they could afford to pay both Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and have that massive offensive line. Now you're coming to a point where that $45 million a year contract extension is going to kick in. 
you're not going to be able to keep both Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and have that amazing offensive line and put a defense out there. You're going to have to start making some sacrifices. So, and Lamar is going to get paid. Like, he's, I don't think he's going to get $45 million a year, but it would not surprise me at all if he, he approached $40 million a year. He's, I still don't think Lamar is a top five quarterback in the league, but I think I could put him in my top 10 and he is getting better. Like we, we've talked about in the past, he's made such huge strides as a passer. Yeah, I mean, from, you know, like people forget in 2018, we were on our way out of playoff contention before Lamar came into the picture. Yeah. And what he was able to do in Flacco's system, because let's be real, he was still playing in Flacco's system. They didn't, like, advance it to being built around Lamar until the way 2019. The way the 14-2 and two year, yeah. Exactly. So the fact that he was able to get us from I think it was three and five or four and five to ten and six, and we basically stole the division from Pittsburgh that year. Um, I wasn't expecting fourteen and two the year after, but well, you know. and we've also had many countless conversations. Uh, there's a lot of people I've talked to that, for some foolish reason, think Baltimore is going to take a step backwards. You guys were hit harder than any other team this past year. I still as far see 13-3 and three this upcoming season. I, I think you're looking at more of a 12-4 and four season, and I, I try not to make any projections until I see after the draft just because some teams, good teams like Baltimore, like a Buffalo, Kansas City, and all that, you're not drafting, or let me rephrase that, you should not draft to fill need. You're drafting for depth at that point. So... I like to make my projections based off of that. But the reason why I say 12-4 and four is because Cleveland is going to be better this year. Pittsburgh always plays you guys hard. I definitely don't think Pittsburgh is anywhere near your level. But it's a division. It's a division. I rivalry. still think the Ravens will win that division next season. Like I said, I'm not going to make any <laughs> predictions until I see how you guys draft. But I definitely think you guys as of right now, are the favorites to win that division, and you're definitely a playoff c- contender. So, I don't know, though. I, I, I'm i disappointed so far with the... Anything less than 11-5 and five is, in my opinion, a failure for them. I'm just going to put that out there now. And now, let's go to the AFC South. Yikes. This... This is a very odd division, and the reason I say that, there's only one team right now that's clearly improved, and it's because they made one single move, but... The Colts. Yeah, the Colts, but we're going to get to that in a little bit. I want to start off with the Titans. The Titans, right now, I think they're the best coached team in that division. I think Vrabel is an amazing coach. I think he's gotten... The most out of his players. Look what he's if, done for Ryan. Ryan. If they had started Tannehill at the beginning of the 2019 season and went from there, I think the record would have been much better than nine and seven. Well, he's he's definitely a beautiful fit in the offense, but you have to remember, I I predicted before free agency even started that I thought the Titans were going to take a step backwards because not only have they lost some key pieces. But you, they also lost both their offensive coordinator and their defense. And the Ravens kind of gave the blueprint on how to stop Derrick Henry in that wild card game. Derrick Henry had his worst game in two years. Worst yeah. game in two years. It was 
it, it was insane. I was very, very happy about that. Well, I'm, but... I'm sure you were. But th- these key... I hate Tennessee. These key losses, they, they've lost both their starting cornerbacks in Malcolm but- Butler and Adoree Jackson. Yep. They lost Jonu Smith, and they lost Corey Davis, who had the best year of his career. Uh, and even then, like if you're looking at the amount of points given up, their defense was not great. The, it, and... it wasn't. They had... They statistically had the worst pass rush in the league, which is really sad because there were some terrible pass rushing teams last year. So to say them as a playoff team were the worst pass rushing team, it's it, that's horrible. It was, in my opinion, it was single-handedly Tannehill, um, obviously well, Derrick Henry, and they had John Brown, right? Or, no, uh, they had... Uh, what was his name? I always forget. Uh, you're thinking of... Uh, Wow, should should have been wide receiver. Uh, His last name is Brown. Yeah. Uh, a- wow. AJ Brown. AJ Brown. Thank you. I don't know why I'm struggling so much with names lately. Yeah, AJ Brown. Who? Those are the pieces to their team. If the if any one of those players goes out, and, like it goes from eleven and five in my opinion to like eight and eight. And I do want to give them some props though. You know they no, I, they they, sure. they they did bring in. Uh, Jadavion Clowney last year, who was clearly not a fit in that defense. Nope. He, ha- he had such a bad year. They, they're they bringing in... It's not like they're letting these key pieces go and they're not doing anything. To replace those two corners, they did bring in Janoris Jenkins and, and the Colts and nearly, Johnson. The Colts, even with Phillip Rivers, nearly stole that division from the Titans. And Had they beaten the Steelers, you know, like, I... I you know, I think that the Colts are the team. Well, well spe- speaking of Steelers, uh, talking about the additions the Titans have made, they were the worst pass rushing team last year. And speaking of Steelers, they did sign Bud Dupree. So, th- I think that helps. It, it helps, but I mean that that's one side. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Plus, up the middle, the, I think in this draft they're going to focus a lot on defensive line. And but Dupree is intimidating given his size and height, but I don't think he's maximized his full potential. And while it helps that defense, I don't think it does anywhere near enough. We're we're gonna see. You know what I mean? I I definitely think they're gonna take a step back. I mean, I they're clearly the second best team in that division, at least on paper. That's not saying much, but yeah, it, it's not saying much at all. I do think they're. At, for most of the year, they'll be in contention for a wild card. But my question is going to be: late in the season, are they going to be able to hold it up? And how quick are they going to be able to pick up this new offense? Because, like Other I said, than last year, they've always been a team that if they get in, it's because they sneak in. Well, and and we have we have to give credit where credit's due. Ryan Tannehill has been a phenomenal quarterback the last two seasons he, he's he's not remember, remember what we used to think about him when he was in Miami <laughs> well I mean now that more has been revealed I don't hold that against him because no, I, I mean either. Adam Gase come on <laughs> terrible terrible coaching not enough talent put around him so he couldn't maximize same, his full potential same thing with Sam Darnold man Ryan Tannehill is kind of what I wanted Jay Cutler and you, you know what's funny about that? You know who statistically Jay Cutler had his best seasons under when Adam Gase was his offensive coordinator. That makes that, no sense. I, but... When I heard that stat and I actually looked it up, it blew my mind because it was 
in Chicago when Gase was the offensive coordinator, Cutler the, had his best the, uh, season. The Nick Young gif with all, gif with all the question marks going <laughs> on around him, that's what I get from that stat that you just told me. And then I want to get to the most dysfunctional team in that division, the Houston Texans. I'd say they're more dysfunctional than... You know what? We'll get to Jacksonville later. I have positive things to say about them, but they're actually uh, next. So, But losing J.J. Watt, losing mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bernardrick McKinney, but... Did they lose Will Fuller? They, they did lose Will Fuller. Jeez. And... They might lose. They still might lose uh, Deshaun Watson because he's probably going to sit until they let him go. If they're even allowed to play or trade him, you know he's going through all those uh, accusations of uh, sexual misconduct right now. So that's that's a whole another can of worms of dysfunction right there. They've brought in some players, but it's no one. To where you're just like, oh, that's, they're going to make them better. You know, they, they brought in Mark Ingram. They brought in Philip Lindsay. They've signed a couple O-linemen and a couple defensive pieces, but it's just If they like, got Mark Ingram after 2019, that would have been great, but, you know, that was kind of a one-off season. I, 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 there's just a lot of moves they're making that I don't re- really understand, though, because they brought in those two running backs. Mark Ingram isn't a starter anymore, uh, but he, he could be a, still a very good third down back. He was a great back in situations last year for you guys, so the fact that uh, he was inactive for the rest of the season was kind of questionable to me, even though uh, Gus Edwards and who's the other other uh, running back you guys have? Gus Edwards and... He's a rookie. I yeah. know what you're talking about, but he, I mean, it makes sense why Mark Ingram didn't play, because this dude beasted. I'm trying to remember who he was. It was... He slipped to the second round to you guys, and I remember thinking, what are you doing drafting a running back when you have Mark Ingram and... J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, thank you. J.K. Dobbins is a beast, though. When I I saw J.K. Dobbins play, and I I was just like, okay, so this is why, because he's freaking amazing. He makes... I mean, the Ravens, he... They probably have the most invincible running attack in the NFL. I don't think it's debatable. with, With Lamar, absolutely. You know, Absolutely. the running backs are phenomenal. Run, Lamar it, when is phenomenal. He's well, and, and, and that, that's the that's the thing with especially when you go into uh, RPOs, it's either you either have to account for Lamar yeah. or the it's yeah it's a lose lose or that Mark point. Andrews. But or, but yeah. uh, the Texans, you know, it's questionable to me. They they signed those two running backs, and granted, I'm not trying to say he's still what he was. Uh, four years ago or anything like that, but you still have David Johnson under contract, so that's three uh, running backs right there. I, wh- what are you guys doing? You know what I mean? Like that getting money- rid of Will Fuller the year prior, getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, keeping um, uh, who was their coach and general manager? That Bill just O'Brien. Got, keeping him for as long as they did. It's just like when you had that run when you had Gary Kubiak as head coach, who did a great job. With Phenomenal Houston, job. You know. To to make Matt Schaub have a Pro Bowl season and go twelve and four in twenty twelve, um, I remember that because they beat the crap out of us in that regular season. But we won the Super Bowl. But anyway, wasn't wasn't that the year they beat the uh, Bengals in the playoffs? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, the Ravens won the Super Bowl, but boy, the Texans beat the crap out of us. Yeah. In that no. ra- but anyways, they are so far removed from that at this point. 
that it makes literally no sense. It, it just goes, and I think you have to be uh, a lot more... Bill O'Brien is very reminiscent to me of Chip Kelly. I, you know what? I actually really like that, even though I thought Chip Kelly was given a He's, raw deal in Philly. I, I do I do like fair. that. But here's the thing, like... Chip Kelly was able to pick up what Andy Reid kind of like left over, and I feel like Bill O'Brien did the same thing as Chip Kelly did. You know, they were really good the first couple seasons, and then all of a sudden you see the team fall apart because when players leave, he doesn't have that leadership mentality to actually make it so the players trust well, him in the locker room. And, and, and that's what I'm hoping. We're, we're going to get into them right now. The Jaguars, what I'm hoping doesn't happen because Urban Meyer... I think was an outstanding hire, and I thought the same thing about Chip Kelly. Uh, and what Chip Kelly did is what I think Urban Meyer is going to do. As far as Chip Kelly drafted a very very good football team, he drafted very very well. He did. And it's because when you're at the top like that, Chip Kelly coming from a school that's a college title contender every year in Oregon, Urban Meyer at Ohio State. And Ch- the, championship aspirations every single year. And for the record, we both have a good friend who is a Jaguars fan. Uh-huh. Um, and he is still pretty salty over them losing to New England the way they did well, in that AFC th- championship. Th- th- they should. They didn't trust Blake Bortles to throw the ball. They they were dominating, and yeah. Bortles wasn't doing anything. If you had Bl- And with that defense, you never know. They might have beaten Philly. Maybe. V- v- very possible. I, I don't know. But I wouldn't have put money on it. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, the Jaguars are a team that, I mean, obviously because they were in the AFC Central at one point, I've never liked them, and I'm biased because people forget that the Titans and Jaguars were in the Ravens division at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will never like the Jaguars, but I can respect the decisions that they've made. I always feel like... You know, they were a run-first, pass-later team. I think it was idiotic how they how they used Leonard Fournette. Um, I don't think that they maximized his capabilities in that and, structure. And that's and that's just poor coaching. That's yeah. why I, th- I think Doug it was- Marone, other than, other than 2017, Doug Marone was a horrendous coach. And, you know, they've, they've let go of a lot of uh, pieces. They let go of Keelan Cole, Rashawn Melvin. The Jalen um, Ramsey controversy. Jalen Ramsey. They He's w- my favorite player in the NFL. So that, I know I should say Lamar, but no, I, I, Jalen Ramsey was my, is my favorite player in the NFL. And the fact that they let him go. I'm, I mean, oh, man. In, in, in their defense. So I, I think when you have, especially when it's a shutdown corner like that, like Shutdown corners don't come around every year in the draft. You know what I no, mean? No, they don't. That, They're a rare why, breed now. That's why I was so happy, and we're going to get into this a little later when we talk about uh, the Vikings, but that's why I was so happy that we were able to keep Patrick Peterson in Arizona for 10 years because when he was in his prime, there was, oh, he was the, a beast. The, there was no one better. There was a period of time. People forget that Richard Sherman in Seattle versus Patrick Peterson was like a real debate, and the numbers were there to back it up. Well... So I'm going to get get into that with you when we talk about uh, because there's a lot that people will think will they'll be like Richard Sherman versus Patrick Peterson. There's no comparison. Richard Sherman has however many more interceptions and all of that. Yeah, but, but look at the team he was. You know what? We'll get to that. We're going to get to that. But on the J- Jaguars, so they did let go of a couple key pieces. 
they made some good moves uh, in free agency. I do like the signing of Philip Dorsett. Marvin Jones was a really, yeah, really good a, signing, especially, good especially because they're going to get Trevor Lawrence, who is the best quarterback prospect to come into the league since Andrew Luck. I don't think there's any chance he becomes a bust unless he gets some sort of... Andrew Luck wasn't a bust, though, in my opinion. No, I'm not saying he was. I'm just saying Andrew Luck was, was a surefire, can't-miss prospect. Yeah. And uh, I feel the same way about Trevor Lawrence. Like, he's going to be great. You think he'll be like RG3? No, I'm just kidding. I was going to say, <laughs> don't even think like that. The only move that they've really made that I'm kind of like, uh... I don't know. Is uh, they signed Shaquille Griffin, the cornerback. I don't know who that is. You'll have to. Uh, cornerback from me. Seattle. Uh, okay. He he he's a good player, but they paid him like he is one of the top corners in in the league, and that's where I'm just like I know they they had the most cap space out of all the team. And but it, if Tom you're, Tom Coughlin's still the GM of correct. the Jaguars, right? Okay. I like Tom Coughlin a lot in his decision making, but that, wait, that, you you know what? I actually I think Tom Coughlin actually now that I'm thinking about it is not the GM of the uh, or is he the owner? Uh, no, that's right. Uh, two years ago he stepped down. He was the uh, VP of football operations. That's what okay. It was. All right, yeah, no, never he, mind. He, then he, I take that yeah, back. He stepped down as that. That's I right. I take that back. I, I knew when I said yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, no, that doesn't sound right. But anyways, uh, the Jaguars they've made. Some really good moves that I like, and a couple that are kind of like, uh, I wouldn't have done that. But at the end of the day, they're they're Urban's trying to build something. You know what I mean? They've been, with the exception of that 2017 season, one of the laughing stocks of the NFL. You could say that they've in the late '90s when they were able to upset Denver well, and go I'm, 14 I'm, and two. I'm, I'm, I know, I know, we're talking recently, but. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking as a franchise. The Jaguars have had their moments. Well, sure, but, they, they've been in two, two AFC championship games. So, yeah, but, but I know that those fans want them to be at the very least in a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I, and they've always struggled for some reason against Tennessee. I don't know why that is. Tennessee has always had their number. Um, well, I mean. Historically, Tennessee's been a much better run organization. I, so. I get that, but even in 2017, I think Tennessee swept them, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, I, I think more than anything, Jacksonville fans want to win against Tennessee, and they want to win in the playoffs. Sure. Because they saw the potential of that when they had that defense in 2017 that was the best defense in the NFL that year. It was either them or the Vikings. I can't remember. They, they, they had the best defense in the NFL that year. Uh, and it's, I think one had the best passing defense and one had the best rushing defense. I believe it was the uh, Jaguars had the best rush defense and the Vikings had yeah. the best pass defense. Because <laughs> that didn't show against Philly. That, but, that, that, you know. that Vikings secondary in the regular season was... It was out, phenomenal. Outstanding. But... I, I do think that Urban is going to have a very good year draft. And you were talking about Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I know at the end of the day, when you have an elite shutdown corner like that, you need to do whatever it takes to keep him. But in return, they do have uh, two extra first-round picks. in the so. And I do believe Urban is going to draft incredibly Yeah, I think Urban well. Meyer, he's going to use those picks very smartly. Very smartly. Uh, he's going to build a very good – and. I even went as far, like I said, I'm not going to make any projections until we see the draft. 
but I think the Jaguars are going to be very competitive this year. I think they have the potential to be a five or six win team. And I know when you have a bar that that's five or six wins, a lot of people are going to be like, that's terrible. I mean, to go from one in 15 to five or six wins, like let's not forget how much the Browns have improved from zero and 16 being the worst team of my lifetime outside of the Detroit Lions in 2008. I honestly, I honestly think that Browns team was worse than that Lions team because they, they were in some close games. But That's another discussion for another yeah. day. But the, like the Browns have laid the blueprint on how to go from absolute dumpster fire in the NFL to actually being well, competitive. Well, and, and I mean... The, the Jaguars have a leg on that blueprint, too. Yeah, because, they do. Because you have Trevor Lawrence, who's the can't-miss prospect, versus there was debate, who are we going to draft? And Sam, I, love Joe, I love Joe Burrow, but I don't think he's as good as Trevor Lawrence. You know? At least from what I have seen Tre- from... Trevor the, Lawrence know, is... From college. I, I, I don't think it's fair to say Trevor Lawrence is going to be better than Patrick Mahomes by any means. No, I think but, that's ridiculous. But, th- but there, there were... Patrick Mahomes was the second quarterback taken yeah, in, like, in his draft class. I think you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to be fantastic, but I think that people are starting to Johnny Manziel him a little bit, and I don't really like that because I think his potential is through the roof. And historically speaking, when we see prospects like this that are about to join the NFL, a lot of times they're disappointing. You know, so I don't like the expectations that people are putting on Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be a growing period for him. It is, but I think we're going to see a lot of. Uh, I think see a lot, throw, a lot of promise. I think he'll throw a lot of touchdowns, but also throw a lot of picks, just because it's the NFL. It's different than college. Absolutely. You know, I think he, I think he's that kind of quarterback. I, I, I do think he's going to benefit though, also. Whereas Andrew Luck came out of Stanford, which nothing. Against Stanford, they usually put out a pretty competitive football team. Uh, they usually get some pretty good prospects. But right. Clemson, you you have pro after pro after pro coming. You make the that argument pro. that Clemson's been more of a dynasty the past five or six years than Alabama has. I mean, you could make the argument. I wouldn't go that far, but you could definitely make the argument. They definitely run a pro style uh, system there, and they they get NFL quality t- talent all the time. Uh, and sure. the last team in the division, and there's really only one thing to talk about, the Colts getting uh, Carson Wentz. Yeah. It's You and I are on the same page with that. I've had a whole spiel on one of my previous podcasts stating that this was a fantastic move for the Colts. Pat, Patrick Mahomes had everything around him to succeed, yeah. where, whereas Carson Wentz... He they, did for one or two seasons, and, and, and then and then they digressed. They they stopped putting. They they started spending money on all the wrong things. Yes. You know, you Philly know. went from being a Super Bowl champion to being Philly again. Yeah. unfortunately, and that the, hurts me to say because they're my second team, and I will get to my disappointment with them later on in the episode. But uh, it, I it, love this pick, man. I love this pick. Yes, it's. Uh, I mean, the, the, it's almost like not only the fans, but the organization was so mesmerized by we just got one of the most outstanding Super Bowl performances from our backup quarterback. He took us on this unbelievable playoff run to a point where it's just like, had Carson Wentz not played the MVP level 13 games he played before getting injured, 
you wouldn't have even made it to the Super Bowl. Like, I know yeah. Foles is the Getting one. Getting the first seed for Philly was very important, especially and, after uh, Carson Wentz got injured. And, and you, you look at it, too. Nick like, Foles needed that home field advantage. He, he did, because I... I they oh, would not have played... Like, I, they would not have... Pl- he would not have played as well. And, if like, let's say if Minnesota gets the first seed that year, right? Because mm-hmm. it was very close. Like, we're talking percentage points. Mm-hmm. Let's say Minnesota gets the first seed that year and the Eagles end up losing weirdly. You know, they play like BS against Oakland, right? Now Las Vegas, but for all intents and purposes, we still recognize them as Oakland. Um, let's say Minnesota gets that first seed, 38-7. to Uh-uh. No. Um, it- I'm not saying Minnesota would have won given the you know, the wide margin mm-hmm. of victory. But we're talking game of the year potential if that game is in Minnesota. Well, and a lot of people don't remember because they remember that amazing game against Minnesota Foles had and the amazing Super Bowl Foles played. But not only did Foles struggle the last three games of the regular season, that first playoff game they had against Atlanta... I, the, love, Nick, I the, love Nick Foles, but that playoff, that postseason was lightning in a bottle. Well, like I was saying, the... Game against Atlanta, they won by a field goal. Foles played terribly. Five points, but yeah, it was fifteen well, to ten. Was it? I thought it, I thought it was it fifteen, was 15 to, to ten because they needed a touchdown on fourth. That's down. right. You know what? I'm thinking. Yes, you're right. And I'm, they I'm, almost I, got it. I think I'm thinking of the regular season game they won against the Giants when when they beat Atlanta. Yes. Because here's the thing: was Nick Foles fantastic against Atlanta? No, he wasn't. But he made very smart decisions in that game. He he didn't cause he didn't put them in harm's way. It was way. an Alex Smith performance, and I'm I'm not saying that Nick Foles is better than Alex Smith, but I think they're you know. But Alex I, Alex Smith is better. But I get I get what you're saying. Alex Alex Smith is very smart. Yes. When he, when he plays. Nick Foles had a... I mean, the numbers weren't as good, but Nick Foles had a very Eli... It, it was very reminiscent to me of what Eli Manning did twice, and it was very reminiscent to me of what Joe Flacco did. Because if you remember in 2012, the Ravens started out 9-2 and two and finished 10-6. and six. It looked like they were just collapsing and falling apart yeah. in the latter part of the season, and people thought, okay, they'll make it past the Colts, but they're not beating Denver. You know... I didn't have the I didn't have Philly beating Atlanta that year. I didn't have them. I I surely didn't have them beating Minnesota. The Super Bowl was a little bit different because I felt like Minnesota was the best team left in those playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think the Patriots were depleted on defense. Um, Brady's Brady, but I still don't feel like they were the best team overall in the NFL that year. But yeah, no, I think getting Carson Wentz. And, and, and you, and you re- reunite him with Frank Reich, who was the defensive yes. co- or offensive and, coordinator that and year. And you're back in a system where they trust you. Well, and you're g- going to be behind the best offensive line you've ever had. Yeah, because here's the thing. like, And me and Tommy have talked about this before, people. like, We thought Philly was going to win the division before last season started. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like... Did Carson Wentz have a bad season? Of course he did. Yeah, you'd be foolish but, to say otherwise. But but was that necessarily his fault? Some of it, but I'd only say like 15 to 20%. I mean, you have to also take into consideration, I don't think it's a very fair uh, expectation just because Aaron Rodgers can do more with less, just because 
Russell Wilson can do more with less. I don't think it's fair to be like, oh, if you're so great, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and make the playoffs throwing out, throwing out lawn furniture? We don't know how Patrick Mahomes would be without Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. We, we I think he would still be great, but we're talking... But, but you're speaking facts. He's never played without them, so yeah. we, we don't know. So... I, I My just, prediction is that he would still be a top five QB in the league, but like back to back and back to back to back MVP contender, assuming he doesn't get hurt in twenty nineteen. He has all these weapons. What if you gave Lamar those weapons? Exactly. What if you gave Carson Wentz those weapons? It, yeah. You know, like we don't know what he would do with less. And to be fair, he played terrible in the Super Bowl. That's the first game I've ever seen him play just flat out badly, and I don't think we're going to see that a lot. But, but, but you, you, to your point, we we saw him play with uh, a bad O line for the first time in his career, and he didn't know how to handle he it. He didn't know how to handle it. Whereas you have guys, and granted, I know, and I, he didn't play. Like, if we're keeping it all the way a buck, he didn't play well against San Fran either until the last six minutes. And I hate when people use the phrase. For, so, for example. Jo- uh, Josh Rosen's uh, season in, in Arizona, he, uh, Arizona's O-line was terrible. And at first, I thought that's why he was struggling so bad. And I would always tell people I talked to, oh, he just has such a bad O-line. Some people were foolish enough to use the excuse, well, Russell Wilson has a bad O-line. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I know what you just said, but I'm going to need you to repeat that one more time in terms of comparison. Were they comparing Josh Rosen to Russell Wilson? Yes, and that's when I'm just like... That is the most asinine thing I have ever heard in my life. Uh, right. Sports-wise. Be- because they're two completely different quarterbacks. Russell Wilson is one of the most mobily gifted quarterbacks You're talking of Hall of Famer versus, like, new and, guy. And Rosen, as far as mobility goes, right. is Phillip Rivers. One of the most immobile people yeah. on planet Earth. So he's it's Brady. So it's just like, of course or he's Peyton Manning. Yeah, it's like, of course he's going to need a good no, O line to succeed. I'm going to take the Brady one back. Brady can actually get kind of mobile if need be. I'm not going to lie to you, but but point being, Wentz has everything he needs in Indianapolis, to and he succeed. has all the talent. You know, and, and as long as he stays healthy, because he stayed healthy this this past season, yep. he just got benched. he just got benched. For Jalen, uh, we'll get to Jalen Hurts later in my hot takes on him. And they're not positive, but, <laughs> you know, like... But, you but know. I, they're one of the teams I'm most looking forward to watching this season. They're going to be of dangerous. Be, because they I, might pull a Buffalo. I, I genuinely think they're going to be on par with the Bills. I really, really do because they have all the talent as far as skill positions I think as far are, as defense. Yeah. I, 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 I even think this might be a hot take because I do understand that Buffalo has some bigger names on that defense, but they almost beat Buffalo in the playoffs. I think that defense is as good as Buffalo's. I maybe really better. Do. It might be better. You're absolutely right. Buffalo uh they they have holes on their defense, which I, I I like Buffalo's passing defense. I don't like their rush defense. Their, their rush defense is not good. That's where they sh- their the clear need for mm-hmm. them is that front seven. But you, you know the the Colts are going to be a very interesting team. And I, I think that the class of the AFC, judging by what I've seen so far, I'll go from one to five: Kansas City, 
I'll, I'll still say Buffalo at number two for now, just because I don't want to jump to conclusions. Um, I'll say Baltimore at three, maybe four, but I'm going to put them at three for now. Colts at four and Browns at five. Let's see how it plays out, man. Let's see how it plays out. So going into the AFC East, there this is <laughs> this has been a very interesting offseason for all four of these teams. The Patriots have had the most impressive offseason in that division. I disagree. Surprisingly, I disagree. Same. We'll get to it. The team that, believe it or not, I am most impressed with, and I will tell you why, is the New York Jets. They haven't made as many big-name signings. They clearly, obviously, have the most improvement to do, but they've added some pretty good pieces. They added Carl Lawson. They got both Keelan Cole and Corey Davis. They got uh, Dan Feeney, LaMarcus Joyner. They're, they're building a squad, and that's their, they have three main needs. O-line help, which I think they're going to clearly address in the draft because this is such a deep O-line draft. Wide receiver, which they signed two Pretty good wide receivers. Corey Davis is, I think, as of right now, your number one wide receiver. And the third need, the entire defense. <laughs> they, yeah. they need defensive help. So They'll win three games this year. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, I, I do think outside of the O-line, oh. they are going to go very defensive heavy. I think we're going to see something similar. That's what they should do. That's the Jets' bread and butter is defense. And especially the, uh, their new coach is a defensive-minded coach. Who uh, they get again? Uh, uh, Robert Sala from the 49ers, their defensive coordinator. That's actually... It, it, that's a good hire. We don't know if he'll actually you know, go from coordinator to head coach very well. We, but we, we don't, but the one thing I do like about it, which is why I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt, all the players from the 49ers say this guy can coach. You know, Shanahan is an offensive-minded guy. He does a lot of what McVay does with the Rams. McVay is, I'm going to coach the offense, and defensive coordinator, when the defense is on the field, you coach them. You, you call the plays, all that kind stuff. Kind of like what Dick Vermeil did with uh, exactly. the Rams. Exactly, exactly. So, Actually, he kind of just let everybody do what they wanted to do, and he was just the overseer. But anyways, sorry. Uh, that's the one I've been the most impressed with so far. They're still the worst team in that division. There's no question about it, but... That's why it's hard for me to say they've made the most improvements because, well, you know what? No, we can say that because I felt the Bengals made great improvements last offseason and they were the worst team. So, you know, I'm not mad at your pick. I'd, I'd, I'd probably go between Buffalo and, uh, no, I'm sorry, not Buffalo, New England and Miami. I was going to say, but Buffalo's the team that I'm actually the most disappointed with this offseason. I still think they're the, they're, 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 they're the team yeah. to beat, but they made one move. Though, however, we're going to go to them right now that I absolutely love. They signed Emmanuel Sanders to be their number two wide receiver. See, I didn't know that. That brings a whole new dynamic to this conversation. He he is a clear upgrade over John Brown, who was their number two wide receiver last year. So now they have Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, and Cole Beasley in the slot. That is a squad right there. The one... That they need to improve their running game, though. 
They, they do, and I, I do think they're going to go... We're getting back to a running game era, and I think the Ravens have a lot to do with that, and Buffalo is known for running the ball. That's their bread and butter. I love Josh Allen. I love the strides he's made, but if they really want to contend and get to a Super Bowl, and I think they can if they add that, is a running back. That is, You know how you said how the Ravens, the only piece missing is a wide receiver? The only piece on offense that these guys are missing is a running back. Well, they, they have clear needs of improvement on the O-line as well. That O-line at times was very, very... Had you not had a quarterback who's capable of being as mobile as Josh Allen, that team would not have been as good as they were. Uh, Josh Allen got that O-line out of a lot of trouble last year, so that's a clear need, and they also need to improve that defensive line. But outside of that, I mean, that's secondary is great, great wide receiving core. They could use some more help at tight end because they did lose Tyler Croft. They, These are they, the things that we're talking about, though. At least in my opinion, to me, are like smaller flaws. For sure, you know, you know. You know. Uh, I still think they can make it to a Super Bowl without these people, but if you want it set in stone, like this well, is a... Well, 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 here's the thing, and the reason why you, you need to improve every area you possibly can. It would be different if you were the favorite in your uh, conference. It's you, need, you, you, need to, you need to build a team that can beat Kansas City, similar to how you and I have discussed... And Bal- for the record, I'm pretty sure we both picked Buffalo to beat Kansas City. I actually did not. Oh, okay. I yeah, I did, but I, I, I did not, but uh, you and I have talked about countless occasions how uh, Baltimore has built their team to be a team that can beat Kansas City, which is, uh, which, which is, which is true. I would have said that before last season started, but I'm starting to think that Patrick Mahomes is to us what Peyton Manning was to us when he was well, the Well, the point being right. is we, we know how to beat Patrick Mahomes. It's run the football. We know how to. It's more so of a will we. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean like, you, you can say that about anyone, though. Yeah, fair. Uh, fair. And then the, the, the other move that I don't know what to think about it, they signed Mitch Trubisky to be the backup quarterback. Oh. And granted, it's the backup quarterback. He's not going to be playing much unless it's at the end. You know what? I like the pick. I had to think about it for a sec, but I like the pick because it, it, he he showed some great potential with Chicago, and people that are listening are gonna think that I'm either high or drunk by saying that. But well, I I don't. Mitch Trubisky that that uh, his second year when he made the playoffs, he had the third best QBR in the entire NFL. I think he threw six touchdowns and a half, if I'm not mistaken. He he showed immense promise, but he's done nothing but digress ever since. He's still a good backup to me, though. He, he's a good backup, but the th- the reason why I'm kind of like, I don't really like the move is because you have all these pieces that you could bring in. To- yeah, well, that's there, true. There was, there, was that's nothing, true. there was nothing wrong with Matt Barkley as your backup. He, no. he, know, he knows the system. Mitch Trubisky is an improvement over that, but, I mean, from a technical but, sense. But, but, like- but, but again, how... How often are you going to need to... I, I, I think you need to get the best backup you can, but at the same time, I think you need to get a backup that makes sense for yeah. your whole organization. It'd be a much better pick if they had already beefed up the O-line and exactly. rushing attack. Exactly. You know, I'm not saying that Trubisky would be horrible. God forbid if Josh Allen gets hurt, because that would make the NFL much more boring, but, you know... And then the other key departure... A lot of people kind of sly at this because special teams isn't sexy or anything like that. 
But it, it is to me being a Ravens fan. I love special teams. It's such a vital part to the game. But they lost their Pro Bowl kick returner, Andre Roberts. Yeah, that, that great. You you need a good kick returner. And, and you know you know how they always say how field goal kickers aren't real football players. I hate that too. I hate that it it takes more skill to do that than just about anything else on the field. It's, the only person I've seen kick a really good field goal that wasn't a field goal kicker was Tom Brady. I remember that. And he was also a very good punter, too. I, but, I do remember that. Know, but Denver got salty about that but, in that 2011 playoff but, game. Buffalo is clearly the team to beat right now. I do think offensively, if they get a good running back in the draft and maybe draft another O-lineman or two, they're going to take a step up. I do think the Emmanuel Sanders addition is... Oh, yeah, that's a... They're going to... They're going to... They're going to be fine at receiver. They, they are. The fact that people aren't talking about that more than they are, I think, is absurd. <laughs> and then the Dolphins. The Dolphins are on the cusp of being a playoff team. They missed the playoffs by one game last year. They were literally like a, a split hair away from making it. They, they, the Ravens got very hot at the end of the season. The Colts edged them out barely, but... They, they lose Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is a big blow to me because although I think it's fair you, you need to give Tua a full season, they, they, went, they brought Fitzpatrick off the bench how many times last season because Tua was struggling. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a clear leader, a clear – he gives the team a boost of energy. Like I think he, they wanted urgency. They, they – I, I just I don't know, man. I I'm not I'm not sold that Tua is it, but I'm also not ready to say. I don't think he's it in an, in an, in like the if we're talking the spectrum of the NFL, but I think he's their franchise quarterback for sure. See, I'm not there, but I'm not ready I love to throw their, the I love their coaching system. Oh, I love their coaching I system, too. But over the past couple of years, they have done immensely well in the offseason and the draft. Oh, they, they have. Um, I just think they're like one or two key pieces away from, you know. And, and then their offseason additions, they added Justin Coleman, the cornerback. And then one, one move that I love that they made, they signed Will Fuller. That's a great move for Tua. That is a... I feel like that is... Fuller can be a number one for Miami. I don't think so. I think he can be a good number two because not only is he a speedster, but he can not He can catch the football. He... I, I cannot stand... We were talking about John Ross earlier with uh, the Bengals. He was a speedster, probably faster than Will Fuller, but he could not catch the damn football. So Will Fuller is kind of like that Deshaun Jackson kind of yes, guy. Yes, great great comparison, yes. Because I, I never thought Deshaun Jackson was the, a number the, one. The, o- the only question I have about Will Fuller, when he plays, he's productive, but he's missed so many games because of injury, and he's going to miss the first game of the season because he's, he was suspended for six games for the uh, PED violation. He served the last five games of the regular what season. What did he get caught with? Just steroids? Uh, some, not steroids, but it was some sort of uh, ban, it, banned uh, substance. If it was weed, then they need to let that go. No, but. It, was, it wasn't. But uh, Anyways. Th- th- this is a team that... I think 
I, I think they've improved based off of what they got in free agency. Oh, yeah, for sure. But if and they, I love their coaching staff, too. If, if they can draft well again, which they've shown the ability to do the last couple of years, I think we might be talking about a wild card team. I think Maybe that, better. I think they're going to be competing with New England for uh, second place in that division, and this might be a hot take, but based off of, like you brought up, how well they're coached, I would not be surprised if they compete for the division towards the end of the year. I'm not going to pick them to win the division. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't I, think anybody with a brain would put money on them winning that division. But it's also one of those things, if they did it, I wouldn't be surprised because it would, yeah. it would clearly be uh, they were coached outstanding. I was surprised when they went 10-6 and six last season. I thought they made great additions, but I thought that they weren't going to be nearly as good as that, you know. But. And then we go on to the New England Patriots, who have made some great moves and then moves that I don't totally agree with. The Matthew you, Judon pick was, to me, their best move. See, I, th- I have that tied. I think that was a great move, and I think them going back to the two tight end system is going to be great. Them getting Jonu Smith and uh, Hunter Henry. I mean, look at how well Belichick did when he had Gronkowski and Hernandez. Yeah, if only they had a really good quarterback. Shots <laughs> well, um, I mean, who who knows what they're going to do if they're going to find themselves in a position to get a quarterback, one of those top quarterbacks in the draft, you know. No the, shots to Cam Newton. I love Cam Newton, but... Oh, I'll, I'll take shots at Cam Newton. I know you will, but <laughs> I'm not... I, I like Cam Newton a lot. I want him to do well. I just don't see him doing well. So the two moves that I don't love, and it's not because of who the players are, it's because of what you paid for them. Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne as two new wide receivers. Nelson Aguilar had a bounce-back season in Las Vegas last year. Yeah, he, he did. He, he, he did very well in that One offense. of my best friends back home is an Eagles fan, and he was just like, man, I wish Nelson Aguilar would have played like this in Philly. And, and Kendrick Bourne, he was with the 49ers. He, he's a good receiver, but I think Belichick overpaid for these guys. And that's very much not like him. Belichick is very conservative with... Do you think he just doesn't care anymore because of how many times he's won rings? Like, he's just like, meh. No, I think... I I also don't think there's a lot of people who are like, oh, he's uh, upset because Brady won the Super Bowl and all that stuff. I don't think that's the case either. I think... I don't think he cares too much. I think what happened was last season he knew that financially they were in a tough spot so it was kind of like a tryout year for a lot of people and he knew how much money they were going to have to spend so I think he had it in his mind that he was going to go for it but I think to a point he got a little carried away and paid guys that he liked hey look you know like, what? like like they were guys that he loved. Even, hey, you know what? Because I like to equate Bill Belichick as the Greg Popovich of the NFL, in my opinion, at least. I, um, I think he's more like the Phil Jackson. I just think the way that he can take players that people wouldn't otherwise think about and turn them into, like, respectable players well, again. Absolutely, and and that's why I'm not saying it's a terrible move. I'm just being honest. But on, my, on point, sp- my point is is that even great coaches sometimes make questionable decisions. Well, well sure. Ab- absolutely. I mean, 
And and I think him signing all these position players shows that he's acknowledging I can't draft position players very well. To he, this day, I still don't like the fact that the 49ers got rid of Montana for Steve Young. <laughs> uh, but he the last couple of years, so two years ago, he drafted Nikhil Harry in the first round as a receiver. He drafted Sony Michelle, the running back. Both those guys are not what they're not playing like first round picks. Last year he drafted two tight ends that can't play worth a lick. So I think he's finally acknowledging, you know what? I can't draft these guys. The the positions he can draft well, he can draft defense outstanding and he can draft offensive. At the end of the day, Bill Belichick will always have the mind of a defensive coordinator. Yeah, absolutely, because that's the, what are those New England teams, you know? The, the those offenses those weren't Belichick offenses those were Josh McDaniel offenses you know what yeah, I mean no so, like I it goes back to you know I mean Bill Belichick was key in getting Lawrence Taylor you know he, like, yes yes it was I think we need to start giving a little bit now that we see that Brady's gone you know what I think we need to do Tommy I think we need to give a little bit more credit to Bill Parcells and his linear of coaching and how he is responsible for Belichick being as great as he is to a degree. To a degree, absolutely. I mean, Belichick was a great defensive mind before. I think Parcells. he learned a lot from Bill Parcells. I, he, he learned how to be a head coach yes. from Bill Parcells. Yes, he absolutely. Did, he didn't learn how to be a defensive mind from Bill Parcells. He learned how to be and a And here's head coach. the thing, like, if we look at the offsprings of Belichick and when they become head coaches, I'll give you Josh McDaniels as the example terrible head coach when he was with Matt, Denver. Pa- Matt Patricia. Yes. So the, that's the thing. Like, the, the, uh, that's the br- one thing. The I, Brian Floreses are yes. lightning in a bottle. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, or um, who's the coach for Mike Vrabel? Vrabel, absolutely. Well, he wasn't a coach. He played. He, he was a player, but still. But, you know, like, I, I think that Bill Parcells was much better at teaching his well, coordinators and, 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 and Belichick will even say, you know, I, I'm not a teacher. I'm, I'm a coach. I, I will... I will coach my players. Bill Parcells was kind of everything. Yeah. He, he was a coach. He was a mentor. He was a leader. He, he was everything. And I still think he was a better head coach than Bill Walsh, but that's another discussion <laughs> for another day. So going from that division, we're going to the AFC West. Uh, Interesting division. It, it is because I think you have one team... That's staying the same in the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they've balanced. I think the Raiders are getting better and better and better. Oh, I don't. You don't? Oh, no, and I'll tell you why after this. But I want to start with the Kansas City Chiefs. They did lose three starting offensive linemen. They cut Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, the two tackles that were missing from the Super Bowl. Right. And then they let Austin Ritter go in free agency, who is their center. And That worries me slightly. I, it does me too. It, uh, I'm not saying like I'm going to lose sleep over it because at the end of the day, Andy Reid is a genius. Um, well, the, the center is... And I forgot who their coordinator is that everybody wants to get a head coach. Eric Bianami. Yes. Love him too. He should be a head coach right yeah. now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I do like the moves that they made to balance those losses out. Kyle Long came out of retirement, is, is, mm. com- is com- coming to them, and then they signed Joe Tooney from the Patriots. So they're making smart decisions. They, they still need a center, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they have one, one of their linemen. I kind of want them to boost up the running game a little bit, too. 
I know they. I know it's not number one priority, but I think that they would be. What What do you mean by boost up? Because I am. I'm personally very high on Clyde edwards Lair. I think. He... I think that he's a little bit too hit or miss for me. Um, I think he needs to be a little bit more consistent. I think he is a great second option in the same way Gus Edwards is in Baltimore, but they need a number one running back. He, he, I think he is a number one running back. I think the thing about it, though, you go from... I, I know they had that year where they were mostly leaning on Damian Williams after they had let... Uh, Kareem Hunt go. And Daniel but, Williams was great in the playoffs when they won that Super Bowl, but... But they, they were still built around the same type of run game as they were with Kareem Hunt, where Kareem Hunt is more of an outside uh, runner, where and uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is more of a run-between-the-tackles type of runner. And I think the moves they're making now is they're trying to get that O-line to open up more for the run game so they can... Uh, center it around Clyde edwards Elaire, and I do believe that's why they brought in Le'Veon Bell is because Le'Veon Bell is more of a type of Kareem Hunt running back. So I um, I think Clyde edwards Elaire is a number one running back. If he has more so of a type of season this year as he did his rookie season, I might reevaluate, but I just think that O-line, because a lot of people think O-line, you, you just block and – an O-line is very calculated, very yeah. – you you do have to game plan. As much O-line. as I hate Dallas, people should be taking notes from how they've built up their O-line over I the mean, years. did. 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 <laughs> did. Did. Sorry, yeah. did. Uh, you know. But I want to see how these new guys fit in and what they do with the center if they draft someone or if right. they try to switch a guard For sure. to the center. So, I mean, Kansas City is going to be Kansas City. Yeah, you know, that's like – it's kind of hard to ever believe that an Andy Reid-led team won't at least make the playoffs. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, Because I think, let's see, give me one second. I'm thinking about this real quick. 99, 05, 07, 2011, 2012, and 2014 are the only times he's no, missed the he, playoffs. He's made the playoffs every year with Kansas City. Yep. Except for 2014. He did not make the playoffs that year. Was that his first year? I thought it was 2015. Second. Second, I thought it was twenty fifteen. He made it in twenty fifteen. They started out one and five and finished eleven and five that year. He's missed one season with Kansas City, and they still went nine and was, seven. Was Alex Smith? Was that yes. Al- okay? For some reason, I thought it was twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, but oh, that's that's surprising to me. But uh, the next team I want to talk about is a team I'm actually very impressed with: the Denver Broncos. I think they've made some very good moves in the offseason. They did lose A.J. Bo- uh, Boye and Philip Lindsay, but they did add Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller. So they have two legitimate starting cornerbacks now. And I'm personally not sold on Drew Locke as their franchise quarterback. He showed a lot of promise towards the end of his rookie season. And then he had a first... Good first two or three games. He's to a start great. This. this is going to sound so disrespectful when I say this, but Drew Locke to me is like a great value store version of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> like he can put up numbers, he but did, he, he he he's the kind of quarterback that can throw three touchdowns and no picks, and the team still loses by fifteen points. Or he's the type of guy who can throw no touchdowns and three picks. Facts. <laughs> uh, he, he's just. I, I think one of two things is going to happen. 
they're either going to draft a quarterback or I think they're going to try to put themselves in position if this whole these allegations get settled and they're going to try to get Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Because... With that many... I know we're not going to get too deep into it. I just wanted to say this. With that many allegations, it's going to be hard for Deshaun Watson right now. Oh, yeah. Because even if he gets acquitted or nothing comes of it, it's that where there's smoke, there's fire mm-hmm. thing. And I'm kind of of that mindset, too. Like I said, I don't know if he did it. You know, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I've always been the type of guy that's where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. And, I- you know... Those allegations, like, here's the thing. In the NFL, if you get accused of murder, you can still have a great NFL career. Ray Lewis. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I still, to this day, don't think he did it. I think he was there, saw it, and lied to the police about it. Um, I obviously think OJ did it. And because he killed his wife, that's the reason why he never got a job again or whatever. And why he's been kind of like pushed to the wayside, but, like, sexual assault, rape, well, anything like that is very hard to come back from. And even if... The, the whole thing about it is, whether it's an allegation or you have cold-hearted... Allegations have to be taken very seriously. And allegations can ruin a career just to, even if you're not guilty. And, you know, we, we have to... And just because Deshaun Watson, just because they say not guilty doesn't mean he's not guilty. That's just how they found him. But, you know... That's, that's neither here nor there. No, the it's moment, not. I just but... wanted to bring that up in terms of the fact that it'll be very hard for him to become a quarterback again of another team because of those allegations. Once those get settled, assuming they do, I don't know, I think that the I think Deshaun Watson in Denver would be a very good pick. You know... I think he would fit perfectly in that system. Yeah. Especially with all those weapons. You know, you have Cortland yeah. Sutton. You have uh, the uh, Jerry Judy, Noah Font, Melvin Gordon, that, and an and above-average O-line. That they're not great, but I'm gonna they're, make they're a not compare, bad. I'm going to make a, um, a Denver and Chicago comparison when we get to it. But Okay, I can't wait to hear this. But <laughs> the next team I want to talk about is the Las Vegas Raiders. They lost Nelson Aguilar, and you were talking about how you thought they were getting better. On offense, yes. But when and, you and brought that, it up... And, and that's what I want to talk about because... I've always loved Derek Carr. I don't know why. I lo- I'm a fan of Derek Carr, too, and this is why these moves make zero sense to me. You're giving away your O-line. You, you let Trent Brown go back to the Patriots. You give away Rodney Hudson, who many people think could be, be considered the best center in the NFL. I don't think he is, but I think he's top three. I think he's one of the three best centers. And then your guard, Gabe Jackson. And this is why Tommy knows more about football than I do, because now I feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you make and, a very good point with that. And then as far as the additions go, I like what they're doing on defense. You bring in Quentin Jefferson. You bring in Yannick Ngakwe. I'm and not going to admit that again, so don't get used to <laughs> well, it. Well, I have but... this recorded and saved, so no worries. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you bring in Solomon Thomas. I, I like those pieces, but the move that you did that made zero sense to me, you have Josh Jacobs. Who Would you agree Josh Jacobs is borderline top five running back in the league? Borderline? If, if he's not five, maybe six or seven. I could see that, yeah. 
and you pay Kenyon Drake to come in as your number two back and pay him more than most starting running backs are making in the league right now. That's ridiculous. Kenyon Drake, I, I love Kenyon Drake. He was a Cardinal for two years and I'm he not played fair. No, no, I, I know you're not. I'm just saying, I think he's a great running back. But he is not Josh Jacobs. Oh, not even hell close. No. Hell no. Well, and I'm not a fan of paying a running back to begin with. Even the great ones. Like Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel. Ridiculous uh, numbers, yeah. No, and, 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 and then look at the season he had last year. No. Todd Gurley, you paid Todd Gurley. He's been cut twice now. David Johnson, he's in the, with the and Texans. I love Todd Gurley too, but... And then the only exception so far has been Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Well, let me rephrase that. There are two exceptions because Derrick Henry got a massive deal and he had a 2,000-yard season last year. So there are exceptions, but not enough to where I'm willing to take the risk of paying you that much money. Right. I would rather draft, draft you in the first or second round, let you play through your rookie deal, and then redraft someone. So... I don't know what the Raiders are doing. John, I thought John Gruden had this team going in the right direction, but right now, I think, I think there's a third team. And maybe I don't think he should have gone back into coaching. I loved him on Monday Night Football. Oh, I did too. The the quarter, Gruden the, grinder. The uh, quarterback camp that he'd do before the draft. Yeah. those were my favorite. But this team is either the third or the fourth best team in the division as it stands right now, in it's my opinion. Division, though, in my opinion, even though. I love Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is the most the most underrated quarterback. Shouts out to Ryan to shouts out to our friend Ryan. He always tells me I'm crazy when I say that Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Derek Carr is a good quarterback. That he he is. Let me make that my ringtone and send it to Ryan. (laughs) Um, But and then I want to talk about this team because the Chargers. when, When you have your franchise quarterback. All you can do is go up as long as you make the right decisions. And so far, they are making the right decisions. The Chargers got Corey Lindsley, who a lot of people also, like Rodney Hudson, think could be the best center in in the NFL. I'm tired of saying no Chargers, no, instead of go Chargers, go. (laughs) So I hope that you're right about that. And then they also signed Jared Cook, who Jared Cook is clearly out of his prime. But the most still a good fit. Yes, absolutely, and the most important thing for a young quarterback, which is why I think Dak had such a successful rookie season, he had a safety blanket in Jason Witten. A safety blanket tight end that's a vet is key to a young quarterback, which is one of the things I wish. I wish in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, tight ends were more. Uh, more of a fit because that's something Kyler needs is Mm. a veteran tight end that he can throw to for his rookie year it was Larry Fitzgerald Larry Fitzgerald was his safety blanket but (laughs) I like how every time we talk about the NFL you always start talking about (laughs) Cardinals It's it's what I do, you know what I mean? Like, we, we talk about our teams because that's the team we watch the most. It always ends up leading back to that. Yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah, but... Uh, I just had to bring it up because I thought it was funny. And they, they really, outside of Hunter Henry, and Hunter Henry last year with uh, Justin Herbert, I don't want to say he wasn't really a fit, but it showed how minimal and, yeah. that, that the tight end 
was needed in that offense. And Justin Herbert, like, who could have seen that coming? I, I sure didn't, you know what I mean? I thought Tyrod Taylor was going to be a good fit for them. Uh, as crazy as that sounds. In college, I, I don't know how into college football you are. But I, watch, I only watch the championship, and that's it for yeah, the people listening. I, I watch a lot of college football, and I'm an Arizona State fan, so I watch a lot of Pac-12 football. So I've watched, I watched Justin Herbert play for four years, and I was not that impressed. He, he, play, he played— I like LSU a lot if I was to watch college football, though. Yeah. hate to sound like a bandwagoner, but <laughs> I, I, I just like the way that they play. I think they have a lot of fun, and— Another discussion for another day, but, but I, just I watch a lot of Pac-12 football. I watched a lot of Justin Herbert, and he always put up numbers against the bad teams, but against the good teams, he tended to struggle a little bit. So at the pro level, when he was projected to be an early first-round pick, I just didn't see I, it. I tend to like college basketball a little bit more than college football. Are we still on the college thing? <laughs> I, 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 it, the thought came into my head, I didn't want to lose it. Uh, but... So. I did not see this coming. Uh, the game he had against Kansas City in, what was it, week two? He looked the, fantastic. The, the, these rookie quarterbacks this year were just complete opposite. I thought Tua was going to be the best. I thought Burrow was going to be the second best. And I thought Herbert was going to be the worst. I was right about Burrow, but it turns out Herbert was the best, Burrow was the second best, and Tua was the worst. So it's. I don't really think it's fair to say Tua was the worst, though, and Burrow didn't have a full season. Well... Let me rephrase that then. Tua put up the worst numbers. I'll I'll, I'll say it like that. But uh, th- it's th- hard. Uh, like I need to see a full season from Joe Burrow. Th- That's th- what I need. This is going to be an exciting year to watch because clearly the O line has improved. You still have Keenan Allen. You still have uh, oh, who's the other uh, wide receiver? Uh, wow, this is going to drive me crazy. Needless to say, though, I don't want to spend too much time on that. You you have receivers. You have an O-line. Right. Uh, I mean, and they have a great running game. They have Austin Eckler. That, yeah. He's a great running back. That this, this division is going to be, I think, the closest it's been in a couple years since the season where uh, – remember uh, when Phillip Rivers, his second to last year with the Chargers, they, were, they lost the division, I think, by one game. They were tied twelve and four with Kansas City, but they lost off percentage the, the, points. That's right. They lost the tiebreaker. That's because what it was. they didn't. Their divisional record, I think, wasn't as good. Yeah, that's what but, it was. They, but they, they that team they, was loaded. The, well, and they won the uh, that crazy Thursday night football game against the Chiefs. I remember oh, yeah. that, that was a yeah. great game. But yeah, no, I, think, I thought the Chargers were going to beat New England in the playoffs that year. Call me crazy, but I did. Well, this this is going to be. A much better, much improved Chargers team, I think. And they also have the uh, new coach. Uh, I forget his name, but he was the Rams defensive coordinator, I want to say. Can't remember his name either. It was either, it was either defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator. One of the, I know he came from the Rams, though. So I'm excited <laughs> to see this team. So now we're moving into the NFC. We're going to start with the NFC North. and Which, outside of the Ravens, I'm way more passionate about the NFC than I am about the AFC. But, but I thought we should start this off with a little bit of a laugh. Let's start with the Detroit Lions. <laughs> <laughs> oh. they, they clearly downgraded at quarterback. Downgraded is an understatement. I, th- I think Jared Goff, if, if you want the definition 
of a system quarterback. Oh, that's right. They did get Jared Goff. Okay, let me stop being disrespectful. I do like Jared Goff. He's very Alex Smith-esque to me. Oh, but... I, I wouldn't even go that far. Jared Goff does two things that I, I like very much. He's very good in play action, and he throws a very good deep ball. Yes, he does. Outside of that, though, he makes some very questionable decisions. He's going to a definitely rebuild team right now. Yeah, and and I mean... We'll get back to Matthew Stafford later on, but... I don't want to completely crap on them, so I'm I'm going to talk about... Oh, I will, because it's fun. uh, I'll talk about the positives, because believe it or not, there are positives that they've done in the offseason. Oh, every dog finds a bone eventually. But... The losses, they, they lost Stafford, they lost Kenny Galladay, they lost Justin Coleman, Marvin Jones, Desmond Trufant. I mean, they have some key losses. 90% negatives and 10% positives. And I mean, the the positives that they made, I do like the Michael Brocker signing. I do like the Brashad Perryman signing. Even. Do you notice how you're saying like instead of love? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I, that's I, important to note. But, but here, here's one that I do love, and a lot of people don't like it because they do have uh, DeAndre Swift, but I love the Jamal Williams signing. I think Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift... The, both, that is a very good signing. Bo- both of those guys can catch out of the backfield. You, you could line one of them up as a receiver and one of them in the backfield, a defense is going to struggle to find out what, what's can, going on. Can we just admit, though, that dropping Matthew Stafford, it, may, it might not be the same case for you. I'm just giving my opinion on this. I think dropping Matthew Stafford was one of the dumbest decisions I saw so far this offseason. I wouldn't go that far just because... I just like crapping on Detroit, but... <laughs> I, I think they did it more so as a favor because Matthew Stafford is in his 30s now. Very good point. I didn't think of it that way. And we'll get to the Rams later, but I do think that him going to a team like that is going to be very, very good and interesting for him. Um, but, yeah, no, Detroit... I, I do have some thoughts on that, but, yeah. Uh, Detroit, we're talking... And I know it's too early to make predictions, but I'm just going to be straight up. I'm very honest, and I really don't care who gets offended by it. Detroit's going to be one in fifteen. They're not. I don't think they're going to be one in fifteen, but I definitely don't think they're going to be in contention for a wild card spot either. I, I, they're going to be bad. They're going to be competing for third place, but we'll see what happens. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is the Green Bay Packers. Hmm. They have literally not done anything in free agency other than bring back Aaron Jones, which, good, he's vital to that offense. But The you, Packers just seem like they don't care about helping Aaron Rodgers get a second ring. They, they, they definitely seem like it because they lose Corey Lindsley, their starting center, and Jamal Williams, which they, they drafted... Uh, what what's his name? is it AJ Dillon in the second round last year the running back so they still have him as a complimentary. They back. drafted another quarterback too, which I thought was <laughs> highly disrespectful. Yeah, uh, he he's not playing anytime soon. We're gonna talk about asinine if I can quote because that's Stephen A. Smith's word, and I feel like it's very applicable to that situation. So they're, I mean, they're clearly gonna win the division again this year. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't think I don't think I want Minnesota to win that division. But it's not gonna happen, man. I don't think as much as I love Zimmer, you know, I love Mike Zimmer as a coach, but I do not see that happening. I just want the let you know what. Let's let's no no. Let's let's go to the Vikings because can I just say it? I want the Vikings to win a ring within the next ten years. I think they well. This isn't I think I got the numbers to back this up. They have a top, I think five or six. Winning percentage in NFL history. They're they're the best franchise to have not won a ring. And I would say that historically speaking. And if and Tommy, I don't know if you remember this, but they were having a um, discussion about winning percentage. You remember that we obviously both remember the Eagles Vikings NFC Championship and how disappointing it was because I wanted Philly to win. They're my second team, and we'll get to I'll get to my disappointment with them later, but. It, it, it would have been a cool story either way if it won because... Minnesota, if they went to the Super Bowl that year, they would have had a home game. Yeah, they would have been the first team. But also, like, there's a lot made about Nick Foles. No one talks about the Case Keenum story anymore. No. But Case, like, Ke- Case like, Keenum was a career backup that... Case Keenum had a terrible game in the NFC Championship. We can both admit that. But if we're being honest with ourselves... Case Keenum as a whole that year, I don't think that that season was a failure for him just because of that one game. No. I think that he, I wasn't even expecting Minnesota to got make him, it. He got himself a nice contract from the Broncos from that season. And it didn't. I thought he went to Washington. No, he was traded the year after his first year in, in Denver to Washington. Okay. But yeah, like, and you know what? I thought that when they got Kirk Cousins that that was going to be an improvement over Case Keenum. And obviously a boy, Matt, was wrong. I I mean I've never I've never been a big Kirk Cousins fan. I think Kirk Cousins is a he has glimpses. I I think Kirk Cousins is definitely a starting quarterback in the league. I don't think there are thirty two quarterbacks that are better than Kirk Cousins. He's Andy Dalton. Hot take. I I take Dalton over Kirk Cousins. I'm not disagreeing with that. What I'm saying is is that. Kirk Cousins can have a really good regular season. But if you put him in the postseason, and Andy Dalton hasn't done this, he did win a playoff game. He I will did, give he, him that. He, but, did, he did win a playoff game, but also if you look at historically all the primetime games he's been in. Oh, he's been absolute dumpster fire. I, I, I think his career record, from what I saw, I think he's 1-8 and eight on Monday Night Football. Uh, something like that. But something. I... And, and granted, I know we can make numbers for anything. We can make anything look bad he, by making he up He reminds something. me, I'm not, I, I would take Andy Dalton over Kirk Cousins too, barely, but because I've never been as high on Andy Dalton as other people, I think that he's he's a par quarterback, and I think Kirk Cousins is a above average par quarterback I, as I, well. I think I would struggle to put Kirk Cousins in my top 15. Oh, I would too. That's not what I mean. I'm saying like, you know, he's above average and I don't think that's top 15. No, I, 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 I above average. I would, I would, I would put Kirk Cousins probably in somewhere in the 15 to 20 range and like 17 or 18. And that's being very generous. and And that's because there's a lot of second year, third year quarterbacks that are still on the up. I mean, Cousins has experience. Experience has to count for something. You know what I mean? So, and he's managed to do what a lot of quarterbacks didn't. He outplayed Drew Brees in that playoff game. He did. He, you know, and 
I mean, and that was a thirteen and three team that everybody thought was going to smoke. And cor- correct me if I'm wrong. Did he, didn't he win a division with Washington? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so. Once or twice. So no, 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 no. It, it no, was no. once. I take that back. Yeah, it they was went. Once. To be fair, though, that the, the NFC East that year was absolutely horrendous. Well, it, it was, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, he, he won the division. He, he, won, he won the division. That. That's why I mean. You he also, played actually pretty well against Green Bay in that wild card game, and, and too. It, 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 I kind of... A lot of people, especially Cowboys fans, which I love pissing off you Cowboys fans... Oh, pissing uh, them off is fun. I would put Dak just barely ahead of Kirk Cousins. Dak yeah. is par two. Yeah, I mean, there's... People let, the, people let offensive lines fool them. Does that make sense? Because, like... Like, when, when Dak first came into the league, Dallas had arguably the best O-line in the NFL. Oh, n- not arguably. They did. They did. I don't like Dallas, so I like using the word arguable, like you said, just to piss them off. Well, but. and they also, they also, a lot of people don't talk about this either. Zeke, that was Zeke's rookie year. Not only did he have 1,000 yards, but Darren McFadden was their uh, third down back, and he also had 1,000 yards that season. So they had a phenomenal run game to support what Dak was doing. Yeah, and I mean, Dak had a very good rookie season. I don't think we can take that away from him. And he was actually pretty good in 2018, too. But I look at him, and I also think Andy Dalton. It, it's – I'm, I'm going to be interested to see the, the key uh, – so they did lose Anthony. And he is the, not going to get all that money that he wants either, ever. The, the Vikings did lose Anthony Harris uh, and Kyle Rudolph. Kyle, Ooh, that's Kyle Rudolph. Mm. Though it, it it was time. It, it was time. I I do like Kyle Rudolph. I don't. He think, retired, right? No, uh, Kyle Rudolph signed with the uh, Giants, and we're we're gonna be talking about them soon. But yeah, I got some things I want to uh, say about that because I didn't the the, the move that I want to talk about the most is the Vikings signing Patrick Peterson. Of course you do. Of course you do. But but and here's why though. Oh, I'm not mad at it. I'm, I, just, you know. I'm very curious to see how Zimmer uses Peterson at his age because Peterson's not an elite corner anymore by any means. He kind of reminds me of Revis at the end of Revis's career a little bit. I could see that. Still, I, still to me, a very good... When he wants to be, he's Pro Bowl level still, in my opinion. Oh, he he. because when he's motivated. Yeah, when he, he's motivated. Because you saw it so many times but the last two years. I, I really like that pick for Minnesota because I think having Mike Zimmer as a coach who's defensive-minded, I think that's a very good fit for Patrick Peterson. Well, and that's the thing I want to talk about, though, is is he going to make is he going to keep him at corner or is he going to try to transition him to safety? I think that would work for someone like Patrick Peterson. I, I do too, and that's why I'm so fascinated by this because Zimmer is one of the most... He's fast enough to do it. See, I don't think he's fast enough anymore, but I think he's smart enough. And he's enough of a ball hawk. I, I think he's going to... If, if he goes to safety, I think he is a, he's savvy enough and a, enough of a veteran to where... He'll separate himself just enough from the line of scrimmage to eye who who he's on, and he'll he'll be where he needs to be. 
Peterson's a very smart football player. The, the reason I thought it was time, and although I love Pat P and I would have loved for him to stay, he's not physical anymore. He doesn't like tackling. He he does. He he's he does. He's he's the game manager of, he, of the secondary. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He's uh, all, he's still a hell of a leader though. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. he 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 will get that defense fired up. And then you ready for another laugh? How about those Bears? (laughs) Going from Mitch Trubisky to Somehow they made the playoffs. I like Andy Dalton. You said Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton. I like that in Chicago for them. I don't, and I'll tell you why. Why? Not because of who Andy Dalton is, but because... No, because they had the whole city ready to get Russell Wilson... And that's just like being like, hey, kids, tonight we're going to have some steak. I'm going to go to the store and pick it up. Getting home. Sorry, kids. They didn't have any steak. But here's some trout. <laughs> like, you know what it's I mean? It's like telling a kid that, you know, Santa Claus isn't going to come this year. Yeah. It, it's it getting, you know what I mean? So to go from, I think we're going to get Russell Wilson, which it's been shown. They, the Bears made an aggressive pitch to get Russell Wilson. They offered three first-round picks. Khalil Mack. And another starter, I forget who it was. I don't think they should have offered Khalil Mack. They they did offer Khalil Mack though. I, I'm saying they shouldn't have done that. I mean, I mean, who else? Who else are you gonna offer? That's gonna, uh, you you know what I mean? Like I said, though, I'm a defensive guy though. And, and it would it would have had to happen too to make the money work. Yeah, I get that. I just love Khalil Mack. Oh, I love Khalil Mack too. And, and you know what? I I have something very interesting I want to say about Chicago. For all the defensive all-stars that they have or have had over the past few years, whether it be, um, oh man, I had the name and I lost it. Um, What position? I can't remember. But anyways, they've had an all-star defense. Um, I think anybody with a brain could tell that. Somehow they made the playoffs this past season because the Cardinals screwed that up. Um, No offense, but... What happened, happened, and even you can admit that the Cardinals choked the season away in the second half. And that kind of let the Bears steal the last wild card spot. Yep. <clears throat> um, but for all those defensive all-stars they have, I feel so bad for that defense. Because it's just like, if you put as much effort into beefing up the offense just a little bit, it doesn't have to be a lot with a defense like that. Just a little bit. like Make it like a Jacksonville from 2017 situation. Get a good running back. Get a good enough quarterback. Well, I, I don't think running back is their problem. I think they have a really good running game. David Montgomery, very good running back, followed by uh, Tariq Cohen. They have those two. And then you still have Allen Robinson. But outside of that, you don't have a good uh, good enough, I Do you see say. what I'm saying, though? No, but I like, see exactly what you're saying. Like, that defense is so star-studded. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like... I mean that that's basically how the Ravens won that Super Bowl. They had they, this is a little bit different. Well, I'm, we're I'm, at a different time. I, I'm I'm just saying though it's the same principle though. You had it's the you, same you, principle. You you, ha- you had enough on offense to where you could make it work because you knew the defense is going to keep us in the game. We just have to make sure we're on offense. The, the, the Bears don't have a Shannon Sharp though. They no they they don't. You know that's what I'm saying. They need that one like. I, I mean Allen Robinson is an elite wide receiver though. 
he he's he, I'm not I'm not trying I'm not trying to say he's Shannon Sharp or anything like that, but Allen Robinson would be a number one receiver on all except probably four or five teams. And this isn't an old. This is not an old Shannon Sharp we're talking about. He was still in his prime yeah. when he was with the Ravens. Oh, in I know. 2000. I know it. And that defense that we had in two thousand was still much better than this one in Chicago. You know. I'm also getting my bias out because you brought up the Ravens. I would say that I would use more of the 2002 Bucks as an example in this situation. Okay, okay. Because the uh, the 2000 Ravens, you're talking damn near 85 Bears level just in terms of numbers. You yeah. know, like 02 Bucks. Now, now we can have more of a conversation about Chicago. You know, because I just don't. It's biased, it, it's but. funny that you bring up the Bucks because that's the next division I want to get into the NFC South and we will start with the Bucks who they don't really have to make too many additions in they, my opinion they haven't made re- outside of their own people they haven't they don't need to they they they're gonna draft very well I think I think this team has more balance than the Chiefs does I mean they're they're gonna have that con- uh, can uh, continue it. Wow, I'm getting all tongue-tied on my words. They're going to have the uh, continuation from last season going into this season. And the only two guys, key guys, I should say, that aren't haven't re-signed yet. Brady will have training camp. That's what I'm saying. And everyone on offense is going to... Now, look, Brady has to fall off eventually. It's going to happen at some point, but... Is it, though? <laughs> Tommy. Time, uh, time is undefeated. I mean... I know, but time is undefeated. Okay, like. But the only two guys of theirs that are key that they have not re-signed yet are Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette. They already let go of Antonio Brown. He's in. He's still in talks of them of coming back. The I know, uh, but what I'm saying is, is he is technically a free agent. No, they're, they're, so is Leonard Fournette. They're both free agents. I would. I would sign Leonard Fournette before I'd sign Antonio Brown. I mean. One thousand percent. I I would I would sign both of them again. If, if oh no 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 no. Let's get one thing clear. I am not saying they shouldn't sign both. I'm saying if I had to pick one if, over the other, a, a pri- of a priority. Yes. I see. I. You seem like more of a wide receiver guy than a running back. Guy. No 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 no. I, I I agree. If you're putting them on, a pecking order of importance because. They still do have that, like Ty, they have Tyler Johnson, who was a rookie last year, didn't get much playing time because I trust of, Leonard Fournette in big game situations more than I trust well, Antonio. And, and they need they need more of a number two back than they do a number three receiver because, like I said, Tyler Johnson could probably be a very good number three wide receiver for them. Essentially, this team has no real like real deal holes in my opinion, other than maybe the offensive line a little bit but I th- see I think even that they're they're at th- the very th- least very good. I th- I think the offensive line is great. The only addition I could see them trying to beef up a little bit is maybe trying to get a number 2 corner. It, essentially all Tommy wants to marry Tom Brady but if only <laughs> look out Giselle. <laughs> Going on to the Panthers, the Panthers haven't done anything crazy yet, and I already know you're going to be like, oh, talking about the Cardinals, but I mean, these are the only two players I really know a lot about that they've signed. They signed Hassan Reddick, who had 12 and a half sacks last year. A lot of that was smoke and mirrors, though, because 
uh, five of those sacks happened in one game against the Giants. Yeah, well, I'm not going to lie. We did see a lot of smoke and mirrors in general last season. Yeah. Cough, cough, Pittsburgh. Uh, and a lot a lot of what Reddick did. So uh, he had that 12-and-a-half sack season last year. But the three years prior, you know, there was a reason why the Cardinals declined his fifth-year option is because his first three years were not that well, that good. And under Vance Joseph, who runs a 3-4 defense – that's the style of defense that he thrives in. It was his second year in the defense, and we needed him once Chandler Jones was injured to take those snaps, and he just so happened to have a good season. Now he's going to a 4-3 defense, which is completely... It, it does not fit the skill set of an uh, outside linebacker. Right. Well. And then the other guy they signed, tight end Dan Arnold, who is an okay tight end. He's, he can catch a lot of uh, passes. He was... What I guess if anyone was a safety blanket for Kyler Murray last year, it was Dan Arnold. But none of these guys are really game changers, I don't think. I think they have still a lot to do. I, I'm, I don't think they're ready to go all in okay. with, with Teddy Bridgewater. I just got to say it. The reason why Carolina has sucked so bad the last two years is because they made the dumbest mistake they could have possibly made, in my opinion, by firing Ron Rivera. Yes. I, I, I mean, look at what he did with Washington. That's all we really need to bring up, in my opinion, is the fact that they fired Ron Rivera. And, and that has... I can't curse. That has messed them up ever since. And I, I do like Matt Rule. I think he is a good coach that's going to do very well in the league. He's another one of those college coaches that was so elite at the college level that he's going to kill it in the draft for the first few years. They went all defense in the draft last year. Most of them were contributors throughout the entire season. Getting rid of Josh Norman was stupid, too, now that I think about it. I mean, at the time. he, He didn't have the best season for Buffalo last year. He was okay, but... I think the best thing he did all year was give us the meme of Derrick Henry stiff arm. (laughs) But that was pretty funny. uh, That's a laugh right there. The key in this draft that I'm going to be looking out for. Earl Thomas too. Let's not forget that. He did. Unfortunately. Uh, The key to this draft to me is going to be, are they ready to go all in with Teddy I still don't think they are. I think if the right quarterback falls to them, and I love eight, Teddy too. Teddy is another one of those guys. Can you imagine? Like, okay, so here's the thing, right? Like, if he had actually gotten the chance to play in 2017 and didn't get that life-threatening injury that he got, I mean, he was coming off such an unbelievable year. He he played so good. We would in have seen. I think we would have seen Lamar level growth in 2017, and he played for Minnesota. Hot I, take of the day. I think. I think he was a better thrower of the football. I think Lamar is a better runner, more elusive, and I think Teddy's a better passer, but I see what you're saying. He he could have been one of those quarterbacks that helped His change. numbers weren't crazy in they, 2015 they, or 2016. They, they, they weren't, but he was very efficient. He, I was very hyped up to his, see what Teddy Bridgewater was going to do in his, 2017. His, his touchdown to turnover ratio and I think they would have gotten the first seed in 2017 if Teddy Bridgewater, you know had been the QB instead of Case Keenum. Love love what Case no, Keenum did. That, that, that year it was uh, Sam Sam Bradford. Oh, God. Sam Bradford, and then the next year was the Case Keenum year because Bradford got hurt week one. Talk about a bum. Don't even get me started on him. He stole $15 million from the Cardinals. 
Sam Bradford. Yeah. He also stole from the Rams. He stole from Philly. He stole from... That, uh, that, that's it. He played for those four teams. Uh, but Jay yeah, Cutler no. potential, but, you know... I'm saying I'm not I'm saying he reminds me of Jay Cutler in terms of the fact that Sam Bradford did have potential and he lived up to absolutely none of it except a game or two here and there. But about the Panthers, I'm very interested to see not only if Teddy's their guy, so I think if the right guy falls to them at eight or if they get a good enough deal to where moving up in the draft is worth it. And I Teddy think, had some pretty decent numbers this past season. But he also had some pretty bad games. I don't blame that entirely on him. I, I, I don't, I don't, has, I don't either, but you, you have to look at it like this with a team that was clearly re, that's clearly rebuilding. Uh, that quarterback, that's, that's not your future. Ooh, I just thought of a hot take. Okay. Teddy over Dak. Just going to put that out there, y'all. I can't do that. I can I, and I would love to do that, but I can't do that. I'm just going to do it right now. Okay. Set it in stone. Teddy is better than Dak. He's better than Andy Dalton. And I think at his best, he can be on par with Kyler Murray. Oh, no. no that's that's insane. That is insane. Okay. The, no. I stand by my statement. Okay. Ooh, hot take. Yeah. Teddy's better. Teddy, no, 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 no. I Teddy's never, better than L- Lamar. No, no, okay, time out. <laughs> Relax, my guy. Anyways. Relax. Anyways, yeah, no, I'm, and they, they were also rumored to be in on the Deshaun sweepstakes. How have these recent allegations have changed that? I don't know, but I, it's going to be really... Like I said, because of the kind of allegations they are, that's going to really hurt Deshaun in the long run. And I want to go, get into the Saints now. The Saints mm. have lost... A lot of talent. Uh, they went from arguably the most depth in the NFL to uh, I don't even know what you want to call it. I mean, you you listen to this group of players that they they lost. So Drew Brees, Quam Quam Quan Alexander, Jared Cook, Trey Hendrickson, Janoris Jenkins, Sheldon Rankins, and Emmanuel Sanders, just to name the key ones. Uh, and all they've really done this off season, they're they're linked right now to. To uh, be interested in Richard Sherman, which would be a good signing for them. You know what's crazy, though? I still think they'll have second place in that division this upcoming season. I'm, I mean, Sean Payton's a good enough coach to where I, I would not be surprised if he gets more out of that team than what we expect. Because outside of... Now that all those players have left the Saints, like this past season, they were actually a really strong division. But... Well, and, and you also have to think they still have Kamara. They to, do. Uh... They still have Michael Thomas. They do. They still have a great offensive line. And do you trust do you trust Hill though as quarterback? No. Okay. But I trust Jameis, believe it or not. So I think Jameis sitting sitting for a year behind Drew Brees and just learning all over again. Jameis Winston throws one of the prettiest touchdowns I've he, seen in a long time, but he also throws one of the prettiest interceptions I've ever well, seen, too. The, so the question, and the reason why I'm ready to say I believe in Jameis as the starting quarterback, I want to see if that LASIK really really did help him. Because... LASIK, what's that again? Uh, eye surgery. Ooh, okay. So... Allegedly, that's why he was throwing he, so many uh, interceptions. He actually did throw a really pretty pass against um, Tampa in the playoffs. playoffs yeah, 
Yeah. I was just like, wow. And, and I mean, he, he's, even with Tampa Bay, like granted, I know he threw countless interceptions, but he also threw some of the prettiest touchdowns, man. It <laughs> the most bipolar quarterback season probably that I've seen in my lifetime. I saw this uh, stat on CBS. <laughs> he was number one in passing yards that year. He, he was. He threw for over 5,000. Uh, but it, it was it happened last year when Carson Wentz got benched. <laughs> and it said, Jameis Winston in the last two years leads the league in interceptions. He hasn't started a game this season. <laughs> it was like week 12 or 13 or something. <laughs> Poor Jameis. Oh, but... Do you remember the Jameis and Mariota comparisons? Yes. I mean, Mariota's another one we didn't talk about with the the Raiders, but technically he's still under contract, but the Raiders are saying if you, cause he's due to make, I think $10 million this off this season, which would make right. him the highest back paid back up in the league. The Raiders can't afford that. So they're saying, if you don't take a pay cut, we might have to cut you. That's, that's an intriguing option for someone because I mean, the Ravens. he, I mean, as a potential starter though, cause I mean, he, when Carr was injured, he played well. Mariota I don't know if I'd say well. starter at this point because I mean, of the injury potential. I mean, I mean if, if you were the Patriots, wouldn't you give him a chance potentially over Cam? If Cam st- uh, starts the season off the way most of last season went? If that's the case, then yes. So I'm just saying that... But I would it, not I, make I, him a starter off the jump. Even, even for the Bears. I mean, because I know they still have Nick Foles and now you have Andy Dalton, but there's rumors out there that they may try to move uh, Foles... I mean, depending on what happens, I would give Mariota a chance over Dalton if I Dalton. Don't see Foles as the Ravens backup, <laughs> so I'm um, I got a lot of love for Nick Foles, man. I'm 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 not ready to say that the Saints are done. That uh, they're clearly not gonna be the favorites to win that division. They might not even be top two in that division. They they might not, but you never know. Atlanta still has talent. Uh, the last team I want to talk about is the Falcons, of course. Uh, they lost center Alex Mack, who ended up going to, I, I want to say it was the 49ers, and then they also lost Todd Gurley, which Gurley was okay for them last year. He wasn't great, but he, was, he wasn't bad. And then uh, they just signed Mike Davis, who I don't know if you remember Mike Davis. He's the running back that uh, filled in for McCaffrey when he was injured, and he just... In that fill-in role, he had an unbelievable year. He he put up very similar numbers to what you would probably expect from McCaffrey. He was just hard nose, run through the run between the tackles, could catch out of the backfield. He did a lot of what they would have asked McCaffrey to do. So, I think this was a really good signing for the Falcons and. A lot of people are saying they should try to target a quarterback in the draft because they have the number four overall pick. I don't think you do that. I think because this you have to think this is the first time in I think Matt Ryan's entire career that he has had head coach that's offensive minded. They got rid of Dan Quinn, right? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Uh, I f- I forget his name. Arthur something. He was the uh, Titans' offensive coordinator. Uh, Which I like that that it, yeah. That's a good fit. So, so you have to think, though, that last year, offense wasn't their issue. They're a threat to score 30 on you every game. Defense was their issue. They couldn't stop anyone. And terrible, 
terrible coaching decisions. I mean, good Th- that Lord. offensive uh, or offensive onside kick recovery. Oh God. Yeah. But they had how many like seventeen to twenty point leads last year, and then they were just I think, like, I think, I think, meh. I think it was three. It's yeah. like, bro, like. But what what I want the Falcons to, are going to Falcon. What I want them to do is there's that tight end again. I know you're not too into football, but there's a or into a college football, but uh, there's this tight end out of Florida named Kyle Pitts. He is phenomenal. Many people are saying outside of Trevor Lawrence, he may be the best player in this draft. And the Falcons do need a tight end. They do need a tight end, exactly. So you get this This kid is basically a wide receiver at the tight end position. Do they still have Todd Gurley? No. They let go of him. But you have this kid, Kyle Pitts, along with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and they still have Hayden Hurst. The other tight end. Not to dog the Falcons more than I already have, but Julio Jones is the best wide receiver I've ever seen that doesn't score touchdowns. I talk about it all the time with Julio Jones. He it it amazes me that he can be he can get fourteen hundred receiving yards and finish with three touchdowns on the season. <laughs> I'm just the the dude is is he's not a red zone threat. No. He he never has been. No. Yeah, he's great at getting separation when he has a wide open field, but inside of in the red zone, I'm like, you cannot separate yourself. I, I, it blows my mind. Antonio Brown, other than like that two or three year period, hasn't really been a red zone threat to me either. Not really, but they're they're an intriguing story. I I highly encourage them not to take a quarterback to. I want them to go defensive heavy in the draft because that's something they have not had in a while. A good defense, yeah. But this tight end is he he may be George Kittle, Travis Kelsey level. Like this kid could be. Their the, defense was okay. Now that I think about it, though, in twenty sixteen when they went to the Super Bowl, or at least it was in the playoffs. But I mean, do you think that'll be the best chance they ever have at getting a Super Bowl? Was twenty sixteen twenty eight three? I, I want to see how they do with, with an offensive-minded coach. Okay. I, I, I still, I mean, realistically, especially with how long quarterbacks are going nowadays, Matt Ryan still has years left. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. So, like, so let, let, let's... Matt Ryan had a pretty good season last year. He did. That's what I'm saying. He, he was, that's why I'm saying you do not draft a quarterback. Like, don't move off of Matt Ryan yet. If you have another bad year and he can't, succeed with an offensive-minded coach, then yeah, reevaluate. But right now, get him this tight end, draft defensive heavy, give him a chance to win. And now I want to move to the NFC East, that not the NFC least. One of my favorite divisions in football. And, and I, know, I know you want to talk about these guys, so we'll start first. The New York Giants. <laughs> They've actually had... A very good offseason, yeah. in, in my opinion. Uh, and they did, they actually, you know what, Tommy? They did better this last regular season than I kind of thought they well, would. The, the one surprise, so I'm still not impressed with Daniel Jones, Mm-mm. but what I am impressed with, this Joe Judge guy can coach. And Jason Garrett is a they much. He's still got Saquon Barkley, right? He's coming back from injury this year. And Jason Witten 
is a much better offensive coordinator than I thought he would be. I thought it was a joke that they hired him. He did a very good job as offensive coordinator for them last year. Jason Witten? Or Jason Garrett. Oh, you said Witten. Oh, did I? Jason Garrett. Uh, I was about to say, that'd be pretty interesting <laughs> if he was an offensive coordinator and a tight end for a rival team. That'd be hilarious. But And like we talked about uh, earlier, they did sign Kyle Rudolph. And the move that they made that I absolutely love is they got Kenny Galladay. So they have a true number one wide receiver for Daniel Jones. I think they're going to go offensive line early again. So that's Division winners, you think? With Dak, I, I think the Cowboys are going to be the favorites to win that division. Uh, it, it's going to be... This is a division, even though I don't think the teams are going to be very good, I, I think... That Washington winning the division this past season surprised the hell out of me. Oh, yeah. Because I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. But This this year, though, is a make-or-break year for Daniel Jones. Uh, his fumbling issue did not get any better last year than from his rookie season. And a lot of people are going to be like, well, the O-line wasn't uh, that great. That's true. But how many quarterbacks do we have in the league that don't have good O-lines that when they get sacked can still manage to hold on to the football? Lamar's one of them. Lamar's one of them. Russell Wilson's one of them. Lamar had fumbling issues when he first came to the Ravens and he got the starting position, but he's improved on that tremendously. Um, Russell Wilson's I, I, another I, I one. Mean, last year, I can only remember one fumble from Lamar, and it, yeah. was, it was one hell of a hit, too. It's like, I don't, I don't know how anyone could have held on to that football. Uh, but... Lamar's so, a lot bigger in person and, and he, he like is. buff in person than from... When, when I learned how big he was, I was that much more impressed with him being as mobile as he is. But, uh, th- yeah, this is a make-or-break year. They signed Mike Glennon to be their backup quarterback, <laughs> which, I mean, he's a backup. That's one of the type of moves that I wish Buffalo would have made instead of Trubisky, but... Do you think that Mike Glennon might get the starting position over Daniel Jones? Because I think not, that's a possibility. Not to begin the year, I think. No, 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 no. I'm not saying to begin the year. I'm saying, like, I am predicting that Daniel Jones will mess up enough now it, that you brought up Mike Glennon to the fact that he might become the starter midseason. If, if, might. The, if the Giants have two wins by Thanksgiving, I think Mike Glennon's going to start. Yeah. I, I think that's real a realistic expectation that Daniel Jones we're giving you until Thanksgiving. Show us you're our franchise. I wouldn't even give him until Thanksgiving. Well, I th- I think I'd give him till like Halloween. I I, I think you have to though because it's not like even though you'd like to win and you'd like to believe that the NFC East is going to be as bad as it was last year and wide open. I don't think it's a fair expectation. I think you can have aspirations, but I don't think you have the expectation that we're going to win the division. And clear difference. Expectation versus aspirations, big difference. So we'll see what happens with them. And now to the (laughs) freak show, the Dallas Cowboys. They All that talent, and they couldn't win more than, what was it, six games? I think they won six games, yeah. Ridiculous. Not only do Mike I th- McCarthy was not the answer, and I tried to tell people that from the jump. No, he wasn't the answer, and they clearly... Uh, I mean, they, they made an upgrade for defensive coordinator. Dan Quinn got the defensive coordinator job, right. and that's one thing... I know he had bad defenses in Atlanta, but a lot of that was well, because of... the. not the answer either. 
Well, a lot of the bad defense was lack of personnel. He didn't have the players to fit his system. So they don't need like that's that's in essence giving someone a uh, a gun with no bullets. You know what yeah. I mean? The team is fine, in my opinion. They 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 need defensive help. Uh, they do th- them. Drafting C.D. Lamb in the first round was ridiculous to me. They clearly needed. They could second. be like if if they had better coaching, they could be like how Cleveland was last season. Well, I I think that being realistic, a lot of Cowboys fans will think I'm just trolling. Like I'll be realistic. Oh, we're getting into the trolling now. Sign <laughs> me up. Uh, no preseason or OTAs definitely hurt them. Teams with new coaches suffered through it a lot and I think the only reason we saw a lot of uh yeah Ezekiel Elliott had a way worse season than I expected the uh what Washington the reason they got hot in the second half not only did they get the veteran leadership from Alex Smith but Ron Rivera is one of the best coaches in football so he had not top five but top ten I'd have him just outside of the top five I do too uh, I do too. Joe Judge, I think the reason the Giants got hot, we found out Joe Judge can coach. You know what I mean? Uh, the reason the bu- the Bucks got hot in the second. For now, we we thought Ben McAdoo could coach, and then we saw what happened. I I mean I still th- I think Ben McAdoo is an offensive coordinator. I'm honestly a little surprised that Ben McAdoo hasn't gotten an offensive coordinator job since he got fired, but. Uh, because of how much of a mess the Giants were in I mean, that, that definitely plays a part in it, but that's besides the point. And uh, players do not like him, so, I, you know. I, I expect them to go, just like the Falcons, very defensive heavy, maybe some more O-line, because uh, the O-line is not what it was. Uh, Frederick is retired. Smith was uh, injury-prone last year. Yeah. Uh, Zach Martin is still Zach Martin, but he's not the same... You're oh. making these guys sound like a division winner, Tommy, and I'm starting to be convinced. I, I, I mean, I, I do think that they're the favorites right now to win the division. I think it's going to be between them and Washington. Uh, Washington does need to get there. You mean between the Giants and Washington or Dallas? Dallas and Washington. Oh, my bad. No, I thought... I, I'm sorry. No, I think the Giants will win that division. We'll see. Uh, I don't want Dallas to win the division. I'd love to talk down on them, but... You'll I, still be able to even if they win the division. I, I mean, let's just be real. They're not going any Super Bowl anytime soon. You know, so, I mean, regardless of division. Cowboys fans have never seen a Super Bowl on a flat screen TV. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys fans have never seen a Super Bowl on, like, a, they haven't seen a Super Bowl since TVs with antennas. <laughs> they haven't seen a Super Bowl since the floppy disk existed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the next one, I want to talk about the Washington football team. So, uh, they have won one in my lifetime, though. I was two. <laughs> I was two. Uh, no, almost two. Go ahead. Sorry. They, they, they lost Ronald Darby, who's a really good cornerback. I was a little disappointed to see him go. Alex Smith is now a free agent. He was agent. on Philly when they won the Super Bowl that year, he, Ronald Darby. He, he right? was, yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, almost had the game ending interception, too. Some some good additions, nothing game changing in my opinion, except for Curtis Samuel. I do love the Curtis Samuel addition. Ron Rivera was his coach in Carolina, so he knows Ron Rivera's system very well. They brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's going to compete for the starting position, I believe, because they have too good of a draft pick 
to get one of the top quarterbacks, and they also still have Taylor Heineke. Ryan so, Fitzpatrick in that in that division could actually do well. I I, I still expect Ryan a Ryan Fitzpatrick type season. I think we're going to see. Hall of Fame worthy first four games of the season. <laughs> fall, fall. Comebacks, comebacks, yeah. like last minute, like drive. You know, but I don't. Know. Washington is going to be one of those teams. It's going to be hard for them to improve the way I would have liked to see them because they won the division last year, and that's one of the th- flaws I believe about how the draft pecking order works is. You have a team. What was Washington's uh, seven and nine last year? I it think. was either that or seven, eight, and one, something like that. I thought they had a tie. I can't remember. For all intents and purposes, we'll say seven and nine. Uh, yeah, I think they were seven and nine. But they have they they won the division, so they automatically fall outside of the top twenty. And you have teams like like the Dolphins who were ten and six last year, yeah. or, or were they eleven and five? Ten and six. Ten and six that are inside the top twenty just because they didn't make the. So I think that's a little flawed. I think for it's also flawed how a twelve and fourteen has to play on the road against a seven and nine division winner, but yes, or eleven and five. Sorry, yes, but because I remember when I remember that season when everybody was saying the new rivalry was uh, Seahawks and 49ers. The 49ers went 12 and four, didn't win the division, and had to play the eight and eight Packers on the road. I'm just like it, this it, is ridiculous. It, I'm it, not saying division winners shouldn't make the playoffs, people. What I'm saying is, is just because you win the division does not mean you deserve a well, home playoff. You, game. You, you look at the uh, NBA playoff format, like I it, like that way better. I, it makes way more sense. I do too because you, you had plenty of times where you win you win your division. But you have two Lakers are top four in the NBA, and they are second in the division. So, yeah. So, you know, and that's just based off record. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that you know. I, I wish the NFL would do something similar. Division but. winners should make the playoffs, in my opinion. Oh, automatically, absolutely. But right. that does not mean you deserve a home playoff game. No, not at all. And then the Eagles. Do you want me to set that off? Yeah, go ahead, because I really um, have nothing positive to say. I don't either. Um, You know, I saw some people saying after the Eagles beat the Saints that Jalen Hurts was this next guy. And you know what? He seems like he has a good head on his shoulders. You know, I think that there is potential somewhat kind of not really with him. Um, You like how I added the not really potential? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he has some talent, sort of kind of not really. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Now, look, Jalen Hurts has potential. He showed that against the Saints. But this team is in such disarray, man. The only thing I like about them is that they still have Jim Schwartz as defensive coordinator, and that's literally the only positive thing that I can give away with that because I do think that Jim Schwartz is a hell of a defensive coordinator when he has the weapons to be one. But they literally have one, uh, two pieces that I like on that team still. I still, even though he's clearly not elite anymore, I, I still have mad love for Jason Kelsey. And 
Miles Sanders is a very good running back, and it's a shame that he has to run. I actually just forgot about the name of their star tight end. Who was it again? Oh, the, uh, Zach Ertz. And, I uh, still love Zach Ertz. He's not going to be with the team, though. He's he's going to be traded, and they still have Good da- for him. He need, I mean, he got his ring. Yeah. Get the hell out of that situation and, and, and try to get another. And they have... Because uh, Dal- he's still in his prime talent-wise, in my opinion. I don't think Zach Ertz has had this huge dip-off. I, I, I think he's suffered a lot in the same way that Carson Wentz did. I, I think his talent and abilities are still there, but they're being clearly underutilized. And it, Like Deshaun Watson. Like Deshaun Watson. Like There was a time that during that Super Bowl year, I could have made an argument that Zach Ertz was the best tight end in football because... He had a better season than Rob Gr- than Grunk. Well, Grunk's numbers were... Up. Now, here's the thing. Grunk's, Grunk's numbers, and I'll be very quick because, you know... It's getting late, but Rob Gronkowski's numbers were smoke and mirrors that season because that's really all Brady had outside of Julian Edelman and um, what's that? What's that small receiver's D- name? Danny Amendola. No, 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 not him, because um, he was that season. And I, for the people, I just did the iffy hand. But oh god, who was that little small receiver that they had that got really hot in twenty sixteen? It wasn't Danny Amendola. Do you remember who I'm talking about? He got really hot. He was catching all these deep balls and touchdowns. I don't remember who you're talking about off the top of my head, but uh, he, Zach, Zach Ertz, though, I I do think that he... He'd make a hell of a tight end in Baltimore, my guy. <laughs> Can you imagine that, Mark Andrews and Zach Ertz? He... <laughs> Oh, I'm just salivating thinking about it. You know what? Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan. Yes. That's all he had really was Rob Gronkowski. Was Rob... um, Julian Edelman showed up in that Super Bowl since Gronk was hurt. I will say that. That catch he made. Oh my god. Should have been an interception, but, you know, that's on the... Who was the corner that was trying to intercept that? I don't even know. Who cares? They Pro- he's probably play. out of the league now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should be. Because you had a wide... Never mind. But, no, like... Yeah, no, Zach Ertz was the best tight end in the league that year. Yeah. Like, I don't even see how it's really debatable. Not well, saying he's better than Gronk overall, obviously. I think that would just be preposterous, but... Uh... They're, they probably have... The Eagles have had one of the largest dips in quality of play post and the I, Super I, Bowl I, victory that I've I, ever seen. I don't think Doug Peterson should have been fired. No. Honestly. He, he's a, you know why he got fired, though? Because of his decision-making in the last game of the season. Oh, yeah. No, that that was terrible. That I, I am... I think... You know what? I think they knew that he... I think he knew that they were going to fire him. So he was just like, screw it. You know, I mean that's definitely. I'm not one. Andy Reid tanked the season in his last year with Philly. I'm definitely know. not one for conspiracy theories, but that's one that I can't completely dismiss because. I mean, like you said, I I, I know the Andy Reid story. Yeah, people were. I mean, Andy Reid. I think after the first three ish games of the season, they started collapsing, and he was just like, people are Philly fans are aggressive. I'm not going to keep my job. Forget it. I think Doug Peterson had that same moment. He just went out on a very bad note and did not prove that he should have stayed. Yeah. 
Um, moving on to the last division, the they are the big. One more thing about Philly, they are the biggest disappointment of last season. Anyways, let's continue. Uh, moving on to the NFC West, I want to start with the San Francisco 49ers, who I th- I think they're going to be back in contention next year because I do. Gonna... I was I was hoping you'd say that because I kind of do too. The, the, I think the, injuries plague them a lot. The, this is definitely this year. <laughs> I I believe going to live up to what it was supposed to be last year, the toughest division in football because. Seattle's not going to win that division, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to put that out there now. I, I mean, I've counted Seattle out. I can't tell you how many times in the Russell I think Wilson it's safe era. to say that the Rams will win that division given their defense. Uh, I don't think that's ridiculous to say, especially they, since they, they beat Seattle in they, the playoffs. They, they've lost a lot of key pieces on that defense. We're going to get into them later, but I want to focus on the Niners right now because they're that based on what they're doing, they're showing that they're going to give Jimmy another year and they're going to try to go all in to Jimmy's make it work. Good, and, and Jimmy's a good quarterback. You know, I'm not, he, he's good. He's not great, though. Uh, he's he's par. J- Jimmy can Here win. Here we go with the par discussion. He is par. Jimmy can win when you game in that system. He's, I mean, clearly he not went when to... Not you he, rely he, on just him, though, and that's why they lost that Super Bowl. Right. And... Uh, and you, I actually, you, you have to have the run game to complement him. Which, yeah. And I, I do think they have a really good back in Raheem Mostert. He, he showed, oh, Raheem Mostert is a beast. He showed a lot. They were the second team in rushing yards um, in 2019. Yeah, the Super Bowl year. They uh, were they were like... If, they, they also had Matt Breida that year. If the Ravens and 49ers had that rematch of that classic rainy game in that Super Bowl, it's almost like a mirror match. Yeah. In my opinion. The uh, two moves that they made, though, they signed Alex Mack to be their new center. Alex Mack is older, but he's he's still a good football player. The, the move that's kind of puzzling to me, and it's the same thing I've been talking about, it's not the player, but it's the money, is Trent Williams. Trent Williams is a phenomenal left tackle, but he's older. And you sign him to a six-year deal which made him the highest I'm not mad at them signing him I'm mad at how long they signed him well not only that but for how much money they made him the highest paid offensive lineman in and NFL history again? I want to say he's 32 or 33 yeah okay see you don't even have to look that up if that's the age range and he's above the age of 30 32 you cannot give somebody here's the thing that position is not the same as quarterbacks. They don't last as long. No, they take a beating. You know, and he's and he's an absolute beast. Like no, 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 no. I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just saying at his age. No, he I, should I, I, I know you're not saying that. What what I'm saying though is he's an absolute beast. Like I remember watching two years watching him in the both of the Arizona games. He was throwing our edge rushers around like ragdolls. It, it was ridiculous. Because the defense for San Fran still played pretty good last season, right? With with all the injuries, all things considered, yes. But I I do think they're going to be... Will Bosa be back? Bosa will be back. Okay. Uh, the biggest loss that they... Another they, guy I don't like as a person, but I love him as a player. Yeah. Uh, they did lose Richard Sherman, which is a bigger loss than a lot of people... Are talking about? Oh no, he had a bounce back season in 2019, and and he not a legion of boom bounce back, but he when healthy last year too because he was injured for a good part of the year. But when healthy, he was 
very Can good I cinema. be honest about Richard Sherman for a second? And this is just a pet peeve of mine. I hate that he became a 49er after all that smack talk he did against them as a Seahawk. You got a smack talk, though, man. It's a division. I, I get that, but I'm saying, like, when you leave Seattle, I don't like how he went to, like, at one point, their number one rival. That that rubbed me the wrong way, seeing him with a 49ers helmet and red jersey on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get it. That would have been uh, if Patrick Peterson went to, to the 49ers or the Seahawks or something like that. Oh, yeah. That would have been weird as hell. I, I would have been, been weird as hell. You know, but... but. Uh, yeah, I am looking for them to have a bounce back year. And It'd be then, like if Joe Flacco at, at his peak had left the Ravens and went to Pittsburgh and we had gotten Big Ben. Yeah, I could see that. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, that was, that, that, it's a little different because I'm not trying to compare Big Ben and Flacco, although Flacco has better postseason numbers. <laughs> oh, speak, speaking of which, I don't know how I didn't. Did you see that the Eagles signed Joe Flacco today? I don't like today? it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I don't want to backtrack, but I just I, we were talking about the Eagles. I wanted to bring that up in case you I didn't know. had looked at it and noticed it and put it in my mental notes, and for whatever reason, I had just completely forgot about yeah. it. Uh, next team, I, I want think to he's talk better about than Jalen Hurts, though. Oh no, I don't. Not anymore. Uh, next team I want to talk about is the Seahawks. The Seahawks are in shambles right now, uh, other than the quarterback position. I mean, even that though, based off how Russ is behaving and going out of his way to talk to the media, I think he's had it with Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll. And that is something that a, a year or two ago I would have never expected. Me either. Because uh, Russell Wilson has been the one guy on that team who's like, you know what, I'm sticking it out with Pete Carroll. Yeah. And, and now, if even he has had enough, as humble and as nice of a guy as he is... Something's wrong in the water in Seattle with Pete Carroll right now. Yeah. And I love Pete Carroll as a head coach. At one point, he was a top-five head coach in the NFL to me. I still think he is. Yeah, yeah, but, like, the thing is, is, like, top-five head coaches, you have to have the players' trust and support, in my opinion, and he hasn't had that in quite some time now. Uh, Russ has made it clear, though, that he wants a better offensive line, and he wants— Oh, yeah, for sure. He He should want that. He doesn't want the offense to be he's, so run game oriented. He's obviously still in his prime. Oh, for sure. And uh, I mean, they just re-signed Chris Carson, so that you that's, think Aaron Rodgers will go to Seattle and Russell Wilson will go to Green Bay no, at one point? No, just wishful thinking. But uh, th- they need. I I will say one thing. I know I talked about uh, not ruling. Seattle out to win the division, but out of all my years rooting against Seattle in the Russell Wilson era, this is probably the most vulnerable Seattle Seahawks team that they've had on paper, but... With how they played towards the back half of last season, I'm surprised they went 12-4. and four. Yeah, they, they, they played terribly the last half of the season. I still feel like an idiot for picking the, them over the Rams. The, the first half of the season... Russell Wilson was clearly the MVP of the league. I have not seen a decline in performance that bad in the second half of the season in quite some time. I, I know we've seen it before, but it's it's been a while. Uh, usually, that has a lot to do with his O line, though, and him. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, it it certainly does. Uh, I do want to I I do want to say though that I want it because Russell Wilson looked like the MVP for the first five or six games of 2019 too. Yeah, that, he he's historically gotten off to these hot starts. 
Until he played the Ravens and threw his first interception. But, I mean, I kind of want to see Russell Wilson have that. Because Russell Wilson was the unanimous MVP, in my opinion, for the first six or seven games of last season. Um, the numbers proved it. Oh, he yeah. was phenomenal. Multiple five-touchdown-plus passing games. But, dude, look, like... I can understand him wanting to leave with that offensive line. And them showing no desire to fix it. Yeah. So they're a team, I'm, I'm going to watch them a lot cl- more closely than I have in years past because as terrible as it might sound, I hate the Seattle Seahawks. I want to see that downfall. I'm tired of seeing Seattle be a 10-win team every single year. It just it irritates the hell out of me. So I'm going to be looking for that. And I want to talk about the Rams because a lot of people think that Matthew Stafford is some significant upgrade over Jared Goff. and all. He's the, an upgrade, but I wouldn't call it significant. My thoughts exactly. I do not think he is a significant to upgrade. To bring up our good friend Ryan again, he was just like, oh man, Matthew Stafford got a really good deal in, with the Rams. And I'm like, I agree with that portion. I don't want to hype overhype him though. And the fact you thing you were bringing up about the defense. So you have Aaron Donald. That's clearly more than any team has at that position. Yeah. But I wouldn't what, have called what, him the number. I wouldn't have called him a top five player in the NFL and had Patrick Mahomes at number six like the NFL rankings did. But you know. Is what it but is. They, they've lost some key pieces. They lost Troy Hill and John Johnson, two key secondary pieces. And they also lost uh, Michael Brockers. Those are key defensive pieces that they're they missing. Are. So And they had, one of, they had the best defense going into the postseason, too. They've historically had some very, very good defenses in the Sean McVay era and a lot of that is because Oh, I thought you were about to say in general. I was just like, no, not no, in general. No, no, in the Sean McVay era because okay. those are Wade Phillips uh lineage defenses. On paper they were the best team in the NFL in twenty seven no, I'm sorry, twenty eighteen. Oh yeah. They right. had, they had the best offense and I think they had the second I still had the Saints winning that game, but anyway. That uh but I I'm not all in on this Rams thing. Uh, I've, I've, I watch a lot of Rams football because they're, I, in your b- division. they're in my division. And I'm also, believe it or not, a big Sean McVay fan. He is a very... Uh, look, I'm not going to fault you for that. I was a big Le'Veon Bell fan when he was in Pittsburgh. <laughs> so I watch a lot of their f- uh, fo- love football Tomlin. games. Let me make I- that clear. I love Mike Tomlin as a Pittsburgh hater. Just so, wanted to get that out there. We'll see what happens. A lot of people are picking them to win the division. I understand why, but... I'm not. This... And I know you're already going to give me shit for it, but... You cursed. I did. <laughs> it's late. Uh, this team is a lot... Has improved a lot more than most of the national media is talking about. So I want to dive into my team, the Arizona Cardinals. I knew you were going to save them for last. I knew you I, were going to save them for I, last. I actually, I actually didn't do that on purpose. Believe it or not, I I was just making the rankings, and I was just like, save oh. the best for last because I think they're going to win that division this upcoming season. And I'm not ready to say 
that yet, but I think as it stands right now, mm-hmm. they're, they're second place and fighting for that. That's how you know what, because Tommy always says that I. Uh, it's late. You already cursed. I don't want to add another, but Tom says I always crap on the uh, the Cardinals, right? And look, I actually was higher on them last year than he was. You know, when they were six and three, I was like eleven and five. Yeah. You know, I think that this is how you bounce back from a collapse season. Well, and and what it's doing right now because let's be honest, six and three to eight and eight is a collapse. Oh, one hundred percent. They choked away the rest of the season, but what this is right now is, I think this is a general manager and a head coach saying like, if I don't win this year, I'm fired. So it's playoffs at least or bust. I I think I even think you have to win a playoff game. They have been the best team in a free agency so far to me. I, I think so too. They've made. J.J. Watt. Um, who else did they get that I'm forgetting about? A.J. Green. A.J. Green. Rodney Hudson. Yep. Matt Prater. Yep. Uh, Need we say more? It, they, they are going to be a much better team this year. And one of the reasons... So, the thing that frustrates me the most... I'm, I'll be honest right now, I'm not a fan of my head coach. I'm, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a head coach in the NFL, but I try to make the best of it because he is my head coach. And the thing that frustrates I'm me... I'm very spoiled being a, f- a fan of a team with a coach like John Harbaugh, I will say that. Second best coach in football, in my opinion. Third for me, but... Uh, but his, his offense, he does not like using tight ends very much. When he brings tight ends in, mostly it's for blocking... And he does not, running backs are not a huge part of his offense either, which is why I think we're going, we let Kenyon Drake go and we're going to be drafting someone in probably the second round to compliment Chase Edmonds. But Kyler throws a lot of short passes, vertical, or not vertical, I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to make a Kyler Murray joke, but. <laughs> the, the thing about it is. I, I was on the Kyler Murray is elite when they got into the 6-3 and three on the season. Kyler was on, he was on par to be an MVP candidate for the first half of the he season. Wouldn't, I don't think he was MVP, but he was a he, candidate. He was a candidate. Yeah, I agree. He, he wasn't having a better year than Russell Wilson, Rodgers, or Mahomes. And I don't know how you fall off after that game against Buffalo. Like, that should boost your season. Yeah. Not, you know what I mean? Well, like, well, what happened was he got injured in the Seattle game, which was the week after, and he just he, he wasn't the same after that. It was He's a, too young to be able to handle an injury and still play, in my opinion. He And too small. Like, yeah. uh, like I, 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 was, I, I was one of those people that thought and still do to a certain extent that Kyler's size wasn't going to impact his play in the NFL and watching him last season it did to an extent he what it's it's like he doesn't want to use his mobility the way that us as fans know he can use it he wants to be a pocket passer and it's yeah. just like when you have that speed cuz i I think Lamar is a better runner, but I think Kyler is more elusive. Uh, I still think Lamar is a slightly better passer than Kyler right now. Oh, so. no. No. I will. Uh, Ky- Kyler Murray throws one of 
and I'm not just saying this because he's my quarterback. Yes, you are. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kyler Murray throws one of the most beautiful footballs I have ever seen in my life. The issue I have with it, though, is... He doesn't make the best decisions. He doesn't make the best decisions, and you know why and why I can't say he's elite and stop saying he's elite? Why? I don't think Kyler Murray knows how to read zone defenses yet. No, he doesn't. And, and that's one of the reasons why he does not like to throw the ball deep yet. Because he cannot identify what's co- uh, cover two, cover three. Tell cover- you what, though, that was a hell of a pass on that Hail Mary against Buffalo. But do you think that was kind of lucky a little bit? To a certain extent, yeah. I, I definitely think... Because Buffalo outplayed them down near the whole game. I, I think if... It was anyone other than Hopkins. It doesn't get thrown, but I mean, like you said, Kyler's the one who put it in the perfect spot. He evaded the uh, tackles. He has potential, man. He just has to make better decisions and learn how to read zone defenses. He he needs to learn how to read zone defenses, and he has to stop being so stubborn and realize just because I don't want to run with the football doesn't mean I I, shouldn't. I'm the fastest guy on this field. Like, they're going to have to haul ass to tackle me. And the thing I actually love about Kyler is he's so aware of everything that goes on on the football field. Like, he'll he'll slide before someone hits him. And that's going to be what helps keep him in the league long term is he's not taking those those hits with that small body. Like And that's one of the things. So it was Carlos Dunlap against Seattle. He grabbed Kyler and like threw him onto the turf and it w- he landed on his throwing shoulder. So this is cool and all, but like, when are you going to talk about how much you were elated with JJ Watt going to Arizona? I need to hear this because I don't think we've talked about it yet. So I am ecstatic about JJ Watt coming to the Arizona Cardinals. I did a show on this uh, a couple weeks ago and for everyone who's saying, oh, he's old, oh, he's this, oh, he's that. So, fact, fact, J.J. Watt was the most double-teamed pass rusher in the entire NFL last year. And, yes, that's more than Aaron Donald. Uh, I thought he should have been Defensive Player of the Year over Aaron Donald. J.J. Watt? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. The T.J. Watt, yes. T.J. Watt, my bad. Okay. I, uh, it's late, y'all. Sorry. Uh, J.J. Watt, he has missed 32 games in the past four seasons, I want to say. Somewhere around Four or five seasons. But I'm not concerned about that either because last season he played over 1,000 snaps. Yeah. You can't go 8-8 again this year with this team. No. And the thing I love about it the most is J.J. Watt on one side, Chandler Jones on the other. Who are you going to double team? It's a yeah. lose lose. We'll double team JJ. Well, here comes Chandler. We'll double team Chandler. And for all intents and purposes, with what this team has done in the offseason so far, they should win the NFC West. And, and I'm going to say should because it is Arizona at the end of the day. No offense. I'm not trying to disrespect Arizona. I'm just saying we know what they do in turn. They, they do choke. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean,. Historically, they do. Look at 2015 when we thought that the Cardinals-Arizona NFC Championship was going to be game of the year, and, you know, Carolina beat the piss out of them. Yep. But I do have high 
expectations. I, I don't do even. Too. I don't want to even say hopes. I have high expectations. I think I have high hopes. I'm not going to say expectations because, well, like I said, it's Arizona, and I've made that mistake before with like Cincinnati. And I think Arizona is kind of like your Cincinnati. The only difference is if they make the playoffs, they'll win a game or two. Um, you know, I, I I really love what this team is doing. They're the only team in that division that doesn't have a Super Bowl yet, not trying to shoot shots. I'm just saying, like... Well, I, the, the, the biggest thing outside... I, I love the J.J. Watt signing, but that wasn't a huge need for us. That's, that's a luxury piece. The two pieces that are the most important, not only Rodney Hudson, because... That was our weakest piece on our offensive line last year was center, and you got one of the best, one of the three best centers in the league, and then. And keep in mind, just because they've won um, free agency so far, does not mean they'll win the draft. Oh, that's our weakest spot is the draft. We've right. That's why we're going out and getting the all these known commodities. I still think the Ravens are going to win the draft, but and if the, if the Ravens don't win the draft, y'all like that would disappoint. The AJ Green signing is another one that I absolutely love because he fits very well in that system. Very well in the system, and Kyler needs a number two wide receiver. Like I, I love Larry Fitzgerald to the core of my being. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Do you think AJ Green in his prime was on par with Antonio Brown? No. Okay. No. I think talent wise, he was. I, I think Antonio Brown is one of the two best receivers of the last 10 years. I think A.J. Green had that potential. Oh, potential, yeah, but potential versus uh, delivering it. happen, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Larry Fitzgerald is n- not a number two wide receiver anymore. He's more... Um, is he still on the Cardinals right now? He's a free agent right now. Uh, what if the Ravens picked up... That won't happen. <laughs> I, I, I do think if Larry Fitzgerald decides not to return to the Cardinals, it's because he's going to retire. And I still... For all intents and purposes, he did win that Super Bowl in 2008. They just... The Steelers had too much time left. Yep. But I'll, I will say this until the day I die. I do believe Larry Fitzgerald is the greatest receiver in NFL history. Over Jerry Rice. Over Jerry Rice. You're crazy. How how good would Larry, I'm gonna have to question your sobriety? Right how good now. would Larry Fitzgerald be if he had Steve Young and Joe Montana throwing passes to him? That's not what happened. That's not what happened. Okay, then Randy Moss would have been better than Jerry Rice. What? Larry Fitzgerald's better than Randy Moss. You're high. Larry Fitzgerald has more career tackles than drop passes. So. Larry Fitzgerald's caught a touchdown from almost 25 different quarterbacks. But he's been the only wide receiver that they can rely on on that team, Tommy. Yeah. Randy Moss wasn't, I mean, what? Okay. Randy Moss had Tom All right, Tommy, fine. Larry Fitzgerald is the greatest wide receiver of all time. No, he's not. But if you want to put him over Randy Moss to help yourself sleep at night, Tommy, then by all means go for it. Speaking facts does help me sleep at night. Alrighty, well, I want to thank Matt Speaking for joining blasphemy. us so late at night. Blasphemy that, is what it is, not facts, but okay. Larry Goat. 
All right, man. Thanks a lot for staying up and talking some free agency with us. Larry Goat. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to let that go, but all right. All right. We'll have to have a discussion on top five wide receivers before I go move to Houston. <laughs> there we go. All right, y'all. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Let's Talk Sports with Tommy P. And join us next week when we talk with Joey D about UFC 260. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.